Hello and welcome to the Panhandle Primate Podcast. I'm your host, Dexter Kearley. Thank you for joining me today, uh, wherever you are. Uh, today's guest was Matt Viegas, and he was a super good guest, a lot of fun. He um, is a stand-up comedian here in town. I think he's uh, started traveling around, I don't know if you'd say quite a bit, uh, but he's gone to Lubbock and I think he's gone other places and, um, they, it's him and I'm trying to remember the other dude's name is Skylar, I believe Potts. Um, I think that's what Potter maybe. Um, anyway, they both have podcasts. Um, Matt's is the Clemente's or just Clemente's corner. Um, He's also part of a group called Yellow City Comedy here in Amarillo. They're uh, trying to start booking acts, so like larger comedians as they come through, but they're also providing a platform for local comedians to do uh, open mics and get up on stage, develop their material. Uh, That's one of the things that's uh, not really, I don't know, intuitive uh, I think you maybe have to learn about stand-up comedy is that it takes time to like perfect and you have to be in front of crowds. Uh, so it's like difficult because you can do a whole bunch of writing, but until you stand up in front of a crowd to deliver it, you know, there's certain uh, crowd play and we talk a little bit about it here in, in uh, the podcast today. But um, so yeah, with, with Yellow City Comedy, they're uh they're actually giving people a place to come and see comedy and i think it's super cool like there's a lot of cool things happening in amarello a lot of uh bubbles that are popping up and a lot of uh new organizers new like small communities and it's just uh it's one of the main reasons i wanted to get somebody from yellow city comedy i'm glad i got matt he's a cool dude and uh i enjoy his podcast so um let's see and i mean What's more noble in a, a day and age of so much like conflict and strife to uh, to try to get on stage and try to make some people laugh, you know? So comedy is a great thing, and we had a good podcast. I really enjoyed having him, and uh, I don't know, I'll probably have him on again, maybe uh, maybe in the future, maybe do like a maybe do like a uh, what do they call that? Like a dual cast or whatever. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe more him. Or us hosting a show, and then we'll maybe release it on both. Uh, I didn't actually talk to him about that, so uh, I'm not sure if I can say that or anything. But anyway, good time. So uh, I'm gonna try to keep this intro short because this was a little bit of a longer episode. It's it's funny because um, I feel like we could have kept going maybe indefinitely. It was uh, you know a lot of fun, and uh, but. I have a little bit of problem uploading longer episodes, so I'm just going to try to keep this one short. Anyway, first update is the hats are out of stock. I've sold out all the hats, which was uh, a relief in a lot of ways. Uh, It was cool. Mostly people around me bought it. Uh, I sold a couple to a couple people I didn't know, which I thought was cool. A fella from... um, from Oklahoma ordered one that was the the furthest well I don't know if uh if Oklahoma or Austin was the furthest ship but uh yeah learned some things uh figured some stuff out it was a great first product release 
Um, but I'm out of those original, those uh, initial hats. So I'm, uh, I'm planning, the next thing I'm planning on doing is some t-shirts. And I think in order to make sure that I get the uh, amounts correct, I think I'm going to do some pre-sales. So just to make sure I get the right sizes and stuff. So uh, I'm working on a design right now. As soon as I get the design, like a, a mock-up for it, I'll release it and then open it up for like a, a pre-sale. Just so, I, you know, it's kind of tricky. You know, you don't want to order um, like 20 mediums, 20 larges, and 20 extra larges. And then you get 40 people who want extra large and 40 people who want, or uh, 30 people who want uh, mediums, you know, something like that. It, it would just kind of throw uh, throw a little wrench in the in the funds or like the ordering, uh, you know, process or whatever. So as soon as I get the design figured out, I'll open it up and then, you know, hopefully we can get, uh, get some stuff pre-sold. Uh, let's see here. Jumping up. All right. If you were wanting to plug into Amarillo, I'm going to try to do a little bit better at posting into, uh, my Panel Primate Facebook group. Um, I know that there, there's a lot of stuff coming up in Amarillo, like, um, South by San, I think it's called San Jack. Uh, but bands that are going to South by Southwest, that are traveling through Austin, they play at, I believe, the 806 and the Golden Light, both uh, host. Um, but there's really cool artists, really cool events that are coming through. So I'm going to try to repost some of that stuff into the group. Um, as well as, I mean, there's just a bunch of a bunch of cool stuff going on. So I'm going to try to be a little bit more diligent about posting into that group. Um, so... Quick update, so uh, later this month, February 23rd, Critical Mass Bomb City is uh, doing a ride around town. I believe they meet at the 806 every time. Uh, I'll repost that into the Paynell Primate Facebook group on Facebook. Uh, they got some new artwork for some new shirts by Brittany Bush, and it's pretty cool. Like It's kind of like this uh, cowboy riding a bike with cowboy boots on and shorts. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a cool cartoon. Uh, so that's going to be their new t-shirts that's, that are coming out and, um, they're just doing some cool stuff. You know, Bomb City's doing some cool stuff and, uh, you know, it's hard sometimes to think about riding a bike, uh, in the winter cause it's cold. Um, and then spring is a little rough in the panhandle just because the wind gets like crazy, but, uh, it's fun. It it uh there's a lot of health benefits to riding your bike. So check out Critical Mass Bomb City, February twenty-third. Uh ride around, probably drink some beers, maybe maybe eat some tacos or something. Um now Shake Hands Amarello, they have an event March twenty-third. That's um uh, battle I can't remember what they call what it's called, but it's maybe Battle on the Boulevard. And then um, the next month, April fourteenth, is the is the next uh, Shake Hands Amarillo meetup. So um, Jeff posts those in Everbyte. Um, you can get on there and order your tickets. It's always a great value. So if you like ping pong, that's awesome. Uh, you should come out play. If you're really good at ping pong, you should come out and play. If you're so-so at ping pong or you just kind of enjoy ping pong or you haven't played in a long time but you have a paddle you should come out and um like the first one my wife and i went to 
the next day we came home and bought a ping pong paddle uh, or ping pong paddle we bought a ping pong table and set it up in the garage and started playing because it's a blast and ping pong is a great sport and it's a our table tennis ping pong what you know whatever you want to call it so it's a, a lot of fun so check that out check out critical sit mass bomb city uh like i said i'm going to be posting a lot more into that facebook group group so check it out if you're not already following me on uh, on instagram uh i'm at panhandle primate podcast on instagram uh i think i got a twitter but i don't ever use it uh so that's not really valid but facebook and uh instagram are the two things that i'm the most uh active on um let's see here something popped in my head oh oh okay so this is the first time i've done it for this episode um but for future episodes i'm gonna start trying to post uh i i was really i didn't give everybody a fair chance on this one because i posted like 30 minutes before i started the podcast but i'm gonna post uh, and open up to the community, uh, a little questionnaire on, on Instagram so that I'll introduce my guest. And then if you have any questions for that guest, um, I'll ask him, ask him during the podcast and maybe, uh, maybe make this a little bit more interactive. Uh, so all that to say that, like I said, I'm trying to keep it short today and I'm already at 10 minutes, which is not short enough. So I'm going to play, uh, in this episode, we talk a little bit about Golden Light, and we talk a little bit about um, this artist that came through named Riley Walker. And so I was going to play uh, a song by Riley Walker. This is off of his uh, 2018 album, Deaf Man's Glance. Um, it's called The song is called Spoil With The Rest. So that's the song I'm going to play in. Uh, there's a little, little section in the middle where I was going to play a song, but we went too long and I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to overload my upload or whatever. So this is uh, Riley Walker. Um, I hope you enjoy this episode. Let me know what you think. Uh, share it if you feel so inclined and uh, until next time. Peace.
my own constitution Whenever I do my best Clemente is actually the first name that I associate with you, which is kind of an interesting thing in itself. But your name, help me pronounce the last name, Matt? Viegas. Viegas. Yes. Which terrible is I'm half Mexican. And the last (laughs) names that mess me up the most are Spanish names, Mexican names. I feel the same, man. I was was raised um, with my white mother. So, mm. yeah, we're, we're a full Mexican today. So. Dang, yeah, we're <laughs> we're a full white person and a full Mexican. But see that, so no Spanish? No. See, this is what's funny too, is my mother is bilingual. Mm. And she doesn't even know what language she thinks in. She's the youngest of eight. She only spoke Spanish with her parents and really with her family. Mm-hmm. And then she only spoke English everywhere else, you know? So for me, growing up, it was just as easy. It was actually easier for her to only use English. So she never, we never got the language. Mm, so she, she didn't keep working that muscle, right? Yeah. So is she well, still fluent in it? Yeah, yeah. She's a oh, translator okay. at, for oh, a living. Nice. Like she, she works for Christian Relief Fund. Have you mm-hmm. heard of this? I have. They're like, it's a way of like, like sponsoring an orphan. And they're not all orphans. Some of mm-hmm. them are just like downtrodden kids. But basically what it is is they send money to like pay for a school. So it teaches like the state curriculum, but in a place where people like kids wouldn't get a school, you know? Oh, okay. It's kind of crazy. So it's almost like public school, but privatized, but it's still just the public curriculum. It's kind of a cool that's It's a really cool program. It's mm-hmm. a good way of like giving directly to a child, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. And so they do a lot in Central and South America and they write letters. You can write letters back and forth to these kids. And my mom's one of the people who, if they write in Spanish, or if like the volunteers or the people associated with the school only do Spanish, mm-hmm. so they'll write it in Spanish, and so my mom like translates it in English. So That's she legit. has she has control of the language, and mm-hmm. she didn't give it to me. But all that to say, 
that I have a really hard time with like last names, mm-hmm. Spanish last names for some reason. I also grew out in North, grew up in North Carolina, and there mm-hmm. weren't as many Makes uh, sense. Mexicans. How's the Mexican there. food over there? Uh, see, it's been so long since I've eaten <laughs> it. You know, yeah. like the last time I ate it, I wasn't an adult, so I can't really. Yeah. It was good at the time, but you know, Burger King was good at the time. You know what I'm saying? That's now true. there's like a different good. Mm-hmm. You know, now that I'm an adult, so I'm not sure yeah. if I would say like. El Tejavon, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I would say that there's an El Tejavon anywhere in in, uh, in North Carolina, but they do some other stuff really different and good. So it's a real, it's different culture, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. Can't judge the gold standard of one culture mm-hmm. against the maybe like CD, CD League of another culture. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but maybe it would stack up. Maybe it's just as good. Maybe it's harmonized or... Uh, homogenized across yeah, maybe, yeah. the whole culture. They, they the way Chinese more. food did, right? Yeah, they, they really, they all got the same recipe. That's pretty cool, I felt cool, like right? it was standard. <laughs> it was like, I can get beef and broccoli anywhere. It's a standard dish. It really is. I just found out about, well, I guess pho is not Chinese, but mm. that's pretty new to me. Is that Laotian? It's uh, Vietnamese. Oh, I Vietnamese. Yeah. I wonder if they get like super pissed, like, uh, <laughs> you know, right there, like we kind of yeah. went through several. Yeah. Uh, if, if they're like, if that'd be the similar, they like, oh, you're from California? Mm-hmm. No, I'm from Texas. Oh, you're from, you know? Yeah. Like a different. Well, I feel like Japanese and Chinese are almost identical. Like, the only difference mm-hmm. is sushi. Maybe. There's probably more differences than I'm being totally Yeah, political yeah. differences, but. <laughs> but no, I do the same thing. I, like, see those two as the same thing mm-hmm. whenever it could be as different as, like, uh, like, I see a big difference between a right a right-wing person, a left-wing person. Like, mm-hmm. there's, like, marked differences. But maybe to an Asian, they just see a crazy American. You know, that it's like it's yeah. the same thing. It's not depends It's not different which, to them, you know? Depends on which news you're watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the craziest thing is, like, in a, in a day of, like, fake news. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's like, how do I know what to trust? That's how do crazy. I know? You know? Yeah, Maybe. I was talking with a friend the other day about, uh, like, when you hear something and you, like, Google it try to like verify something uh-huh. i used to just pick the first art first website but now i gotta be like oh oh wh- who's whose website is this whose website is that like what what stance are they gonna take like i gotta go through like four or five links you know be like which one is the least biased dude the next level to that is google is pulling you up the first ones that it thinks you want to see mm. so it's not even standard it's not even like you're getting the same list as i'm getting you, the list, the, the four that it pulls up for you are completely different than the four it pulls up to me. So you have to almost like, uh, this one thing that happened whenever I started listening to Rogan, is he says some stuff that's offensive mm-hmm. um, to different beliefs and different things. But then you listen and you sit through a conversation yeah. and you're like, oh, he's just ignorant on that yeah. issue. Like the way I am. Like mm-hmm. I, I mean, if you catch me talking about something I don't know anything about, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you my initial reaction and yeah. then we're going to like actually realize that every stance is nuanced, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's one of the things that's cool about Joe Rogan and like cool about podcasting in general is it opens up a door for nuance, mm-hmm. right? It lets you like make an, a, which <clears throat> all this kind of comes back around to comedy mm-hmm. because it allows you to make a comment, right? Mm-hmm. That is offensive, but that's the reason you're making the comment, right? Yes. So it gives you, that's a nuance because you're a comedian, you're on a stage, you're pre- mm-hmm. you're presenting it. It's almost like a cathartic way of like receiving uh, maybe the news that we're all doomed. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, with podcasting, 
I think what's important about it is just the long conversations because, you know, you can go on CNN or a TMZ interview or whatever, The View, Mm -hmm. and just take a snippet and be like, oh, they said something horrible. But with Joe Rogan, you can't really do that because they had a three-hour conversation. You had to sit down and listen to this three-hour conversation. (laughs) You can't just pull that one little thing. Uh -uh. Well, that's the hardest part about it because there's some podcasts of his that I'm like, man, there's a good five minutes in there. I'm not going to sit through the three hours to get to that good five minutes, Oh yeah, you yeah. know, but it, there's a good five. And then I just wait for it to come out on like a little like clip or something, you know, that's but, true. They upload those clips like crazy, but that's one of the things that's been interesting to me about Joe Rogan is he sets up filters, mm-hmm. right? It's like, if this is going to offend you, you don't get to come into the conversation, but then you make it past this filter. Okay. Now we can have a different conversation. Mm-hmm. You make it past this filter. You make it. You make it to four hour deep and you're getting good shit, you know, yeah, like definitely. motivating stuff. And yeah. um, I noticed that you're reading um, Own the Day yeah. by Aubrey Marcus. Aubrey Marcus, you listen to his podcast? Um, I used to listen to it when it was the uh, the uh, Warrior Poet Project. Did you listen to it? No, back then? I just I discovered him on Rogan and I've only been listening to him for maybe four or five months. Okay, interesting. Yeah. And that's the other thing that I think is cool about podcasting is like you can plug in to a time the way you've never like the the Aubrey Marcus journey you're taking right now is probably the exact same one that I like went down where I got into his Instagram I kind of mm-hmm. like found fell down some different rabbit yeah. holes stuff that he's into that open um, relationship thing's weird it's weird dude yeah. <laughs> it's weird um I've gone back and forth on granted I've been hopelessly monogamous my whole life mm-hmm. even when I didn't have to be that's one of the things that I think is interesting when I think back on myself and the argument yeah. that uh, that monogamy isn't like a natural thing because I it was always one girl. Mm-hmm. It was never girls. It was yeah. like, no, that specific one. And if that specific one doesn't like me, I'm probably going to be depressed and <laughs> acting like a little turd, you know, like mm-hmm. being, uh, being mopey or something. So it's like I've, I've thought back on this. And I'm sure that there was girls that liked me mm-hmm. that I was blind to because I was so fixated yeah. on on a different girl. So I was hopelessly monogamous to a, to a detriment, you know? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't necessarily a jealousy thing. It was more of like a, a longing. I don't know. It was a weird thing. But that's one thing I haven't been able to – because I've, I've read uh, Sex at Dawn. Did you read that one? No, With I Chris Ryan. Have you listened to that podcast? I haven't, no. That's a good podcast too. That okay. that might be uh, Chris Ryan. Yeah, Chris Chris Ryan. It's called Tangentially Speaking, but he wrote a book that a lot of like Aubrey Marcus's. I don't know. I think it probably influenced Aubrey Marcus quite a bit. It's a pretty good book. I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting, and I can look at it and say, "Man, that's really interesting," and I really enjoy it. I don't think it applies to my life. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily see it working on a larger scale for reasons like. Uh, for instance, kids. Once you start having a, once you have a kid, there is nobody that can replace you in that kid's life. That's yeah, it's true. You know, mm-hmm. nobody can because it's not. Now, I will change that actually that statement because there's adopted parents that would say biologically. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't think it necessarily matters biologically mm-hmm. so much as like a. But yeah, I mean, you're still. Not replaceable. There's genes. There's DNA. Oh, everything else. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like it's. Yeah. I see your point. It makes yeah. sense. So that's the only thing that like it bring. 
my wife and I have conversations over this. Mm-hmm. And that's the spot that it always gets to where it's like, nah, man, I don't have a whole lot of room in my life right now. Like for even like the closest people that I love, mm-hmm. I just cannot imagine having a whole nother relationship on top of that. Yeah, that's, oh, that's stressful, God, man. dude. That's, I don't know how the Mormons do it, you know? No, I do not understand <laughs> that. I, that's, I don't... And I think it may be, I don't know, I'm not going to say that. That might be a dangerous rabbit hole to go down. So, but let's start <laughs> with possibly the first question, which is, um, it's interesting because I feel like I know a lot about you without knowing anything about you. That's cool. It's a weird thing, that social media. Because mm-hmm. I watched uh, maybe, what, you got your last three sets up on YouTube? Um, not my last three, but like the three that I felt like were appropriate, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I watched, is it three though? Yeah, I just uploaded like about around three, yeah. Okay, because I watched, I watched those and they seemed really recent. Yeah. Um, so, um, it, so that was all that to say, just a bit about who you are, uh, a little bit about yourself, mm-hmm. as well as Yellow City Comedy. Okay. Uh, I was born and raised here. Uh, I went to Canyon High School, graduated from WT with a mass comm degree. And then um, I wanted to go into advertising. Honestly, the only reason I chose my degree is because I'd made a funny commercial uh, doing a Morgan Freeman impression. Mm. I was like, I can make funny commercials. I can make people laugh. Da, 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 da. But really, I just want to get better at public speaking so mm. I could eventually do stand-up. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, that's when I got out of college. I was like, I don't really want to pursue this. And I always wanted to do stand-up, but I didn't know there was anything here. So uh, someone, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Robert Duenas, he went to WT as well, he invited me to a comedy show, and he was performing, and then I was like, how do I get on? And then they told me about the open mic, and that was April of 2017, it's my first time up. April of 2017. Yes, I'm coming up on two years. Okay. Um, And yeah, I joined uh, Yellow City Comedy, Skylar Potter created that, Um, I don't know when I joined, probably six months in, and uh, we're just... Um, trying to book, you know, touring comics that come through, book them every chance we get. Um, we just made merch, have some t-shirts out and yeah, it's really just, uh, just trying to get, you know, organized, make a, make a scene in Amarillo, mm. which is, it's going great. Yeah. So. so I was actually pretty embarrassed, like leading up to this. Um, I tried, I actually got a free night one night and, uh, broke away to go to a show mm-hmm. But I think I like misread the Instagram, and I ended up at House Bar instead of Whiskey River. No, oh, yeah, and that could have been our pro- our fault because I I make event pages, and sometimes I'm like, what? Where was this supposed to be at? <laughs> well, and I don't even know. Yeah, it, it was one of, which you, it sounds like you have a lot of different ones to juggle. Yeah, y'all, we y'all do. are pretty it's getting, busy. It's it getting, seems like it's getting uh you know, but it's becoming a job. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that I don't love it. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's it's definitely work. Well, because I, so I ended up at House Bar, y'all were at Whiskey River, and I haven't gotten an opportunity to, like, make it back out to a show, but I've had several friends, uh, I guess a group of firemen went up there. Oh, at Whiskey? Yeah. 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 Do you know Wes Wise? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know Wes. Actually, my wife grew up with Wes Wise. Nice. Um, but yeah, he's on the department now, mm-hmm. and I guess he got up there, mm-hmm. and so they went up there to say it, and uh, a lot of, well, so... The way we communicate between stations, it's kind of interesting because it's like little uh, little bombs of information because we'll all stop in and you just chit-chat for five minutes or mm-hmm. whatever. So one of the bombs that came over from Seven, which is just a little information bomb, was that it was a lot of fun. 
They said that they got made fun of and that it was really yeah. funny. Said that that West did well, but they said they overall really enjoy. And they're they're a critical bunch. I yeah. mean, firemen are a critical bunch. That's funny. And though. they said that they thought it was fun. They they had a good time. They said that uh, they were laughing and mm-hmm. and that it was a good time. So. Uh, I also have several other buddies that have gone, and they've all said good things. They've all had like fun experiences, you know. That's fun. I uh, actually poked fun at them like immediately once I got on stage, just because like I, there were so many of them and mm-hmm. they were engaged, and I was like, if I get them to laugh at the very beginning, they'll be with me the whole time. Let me see if I get this joke right. Okay. Because I've heard this. Maybe they said, or you said, none of y'all look like the the calendar. Mm-hmm. So they they were like they said that that was super funny. They were laughing about it. So what was the actual joke? Yeah, it was it was, it was basically something like that. I don't remember the exact words. I just remember I went up there and I was like, "Do you guys just get back from the hair club for men?" Because they were like four or five bald guys. <laughs> and then uh, oh, I forgot what else I said. So said something about him not being a calendar, right? Oh, like I, I don't remember if I said it. I wanted to say they look like uh, part of a Viagra commercial. I don't yeah, I know no, you did say I it. Did That's say what it, it okay. was. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the statement was. Yeah, they all thought that was super funny. It was uh it was good. I, and it's it is funny, like, um that's the kind of group that you have to go directly at them. Mm. And that's the only way to really get them to laugh, you know? And it's so funny because so few people make fun of firemen. Uh I'm trying to remember what it was. There was somebody that was ragging ragging on everything. Oh, it was Bill Burr. I was listening. On firemen? Well, I was listening to the <laughs> Bill Burr special, and this just kind of stuff pops out to me since I've been on the department almost ten years, and uh, so I always think it's funny anytime people are like, "Oh, firemen," you know, mm-hmm. it's like, "Okay," you know, but um, it was funny because he was just ragging on people. Bill Burr's brutal, you know. He's kicking yeah. everybody. He's I kicking people in the face. And these just jokes, and I'm laughing, and I'm laughing, and then it gets to a, jo- a point where in his joke he has a fireman being a hero and then the punchline is making fun of the other person and i'm like how does bill burr not make fun of firemen in that situation you know like mm-hmm. he, he almost was like it was like i was like man they're we're too safe you know firemen are too safe they can't be yeah. made fun of anymore you know you well, can't it's like they're, they just always seem like great guys you exactly know? Like, like you can pick on cops because <laughs> cops have to like kill people sometimes. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, a fireman's never going to kill anybody. Yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're only capable of saving your life. I know. I know. <laughs> well, it's just it's just so funny, but I was I really appreciated that you went straight at him and made fun of him. I thought that was uh I actually was kind of jealous that I didn't get invited. So, that might mm-hmm. be a jab out at the guys at 7 for not yeah, not hollering seven. at me. I mean, How that, rude. that definitely seems like something that I would enjoy and they know me well enough to have known that I would enjoy that. But all of that to say where were we? Um, I kind of lost. You it. asked me about Yellow City Comedy. Well, also about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about yourself. But so you said Skylar started it, yeah. and then you joined it after which uh, Potts Scott? What's his name? Potter. Potter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen his uh, podcast and his Instagram and stuff, and um, yeah, it was kind of one of those things. Like I started like looking into Yellow City Comedy. Mm-hmm. Because it was like, okay, okay, now there's two podcasts off of this that I didn't even know about Mm -hmm. at the time, you know? So it was kind of cool to see. It seemed like a, which is interesting about Amarillo, there's a lot of these like small communities 
that are doing cool shit. Mm -hmm. But it's like until you pop that bubble, until you breach the the membrane, Mm -hmm. you don't even know it exists. And then once you get in there, it's like a whole little world. That's how I feel about Yellow City Comedy. There's a lot of great music in Amarillo. There's a lot of great art just in Mm -hmm. general. But you're not going to find it unless you're Mm -hmm. searching for it. Yeah, you have to dig a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's just below the surface, I feel like. There's definitely a little bit of a web. Uh, I feel like a lot of graduates from WT. Do you know Keegan? Mm, what's his last name? Oh, shit. I just went... Hollis? I don't think so. I just went blank. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's his last name, but then it didn't sound right to me in my head. Um, but what's he do? He's an artist. Here. Oh, no. But, I probably don't know um, many artists. You know, Gunner... Him and Gunner throw some parties together. Oh, okay. Um... Yeah, Keegan Hollis. I don't know why that sounded wrong to me. For some reason, I was like, in my head, it just mm. sounded like wrong. But... The last time I saw Gunner, he looked like a male model. Oh, yeah. He had dude. like a fur jacket on, long Yeah, hair. it's funny, man. Yeah, it's when like... did you become Italian? He has, a, uh, <laughs> he has a fan following him like everywhere. And I don't mean like a person admiring him. I mean an like actual a literal fan. fan? Like, they waited? Oh. You know, nice. like to get the hair. You know, like to they re- get... They release doves when he walks in the Yeah, room. it's kind of one of those things. Like anytime I look at a guy like that, it's like uh, he looks like he should be in one of the good photographers' pictures as mm-hmm. like the guy taking a picture, you know? Yeah. Like it's weird that that's like there's like a style to taking a picture of a guy taking a picture that makes him look more elegant yeah. than like just the average man or maybe even than he is himself. Yeah, he's like he seems like too cool for him. Really, angles, man. angles change a lot of stuff. Well, that's one of the things that I think is really cool about right now mm-hmm. and about seeing Yellow City about seeing all these different people doing these different things is Amarillo is becoming a cooler place to stay. It is. It really you know? Is. Yeah. Like why would somebody that's cool go to LA mm-hmm. to be cool when they can be just as cool in Amarillo? The only reason would be a scene to be cool in. Mm-hmm. And that's what Yellow City Comedy, Yellow City City Comic Con, uh Ping Pong, you didn't even know about Shake Hands yeah, Amarillo. I didn't know about Ping Pong. There's a lot of dope stuff going on, but it's a lot of fragmented groups. It's kind of interesting. But that's why I think something, seeing people, younger people, I think it typically comes around, um, creating these like social networks, mm-hmm. like yellow, like hashtags, um, that it's just starting to seep up. You know, people are just starting to realize how to actually use that, you mm-hmm. know? Um, For sure. Learning it from the kids, I guess, you know? Makes sense, yeah. Getting old enough running shit now. Oh, yeah. And it's like, uh, I feel like there's more avenues to be creative than ever before just because the internet, just because social media. Like, uh, we've probably tripled the amount of comics we've had in two years. And it's just uh, just posting on Facebook, just putting things online. Mm-hmm. People look, are looking for that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Some of them don't even know they're looking for it yet. Yeah, that's true. Um, so you, were you pretty nervous the first time you got up on stage? Oh yeah, man. I first time I went up was at the 806 and, uh, I, I forgot my set like halfway through. So I just started like talking about stuff on the walls, Mm. but it went great. Like the second, (laughs) (laughs) the second I got up there, I was like, I want to do this the rest of my life. So nice. That's the plan. Yeah. That's cool, dude. That's pretty cool. I, it's kind of funny because sometimes I feel like sometimes I'll get like a a delusion and I'll tell Shannon, I'm like. I'm going to do some stand-up comedy. I'm going to write some jokes. Do it, man. And so then I'll start like writing some jokes down. And I think the problem is I've never actually finished any of the jokes. I tell them to my wife mm-hmm. before they're in their finished state. 
And she shoots them all down. She's like, that is the dumbest thing. Yeah. You were not funny, you know? And so that's one of the things I was going to talk to you about was, um, let's see. So some people can turn off the funny. And some people, some of the least funny people, like spontaneously funny people, mm-hmm. are the most funny when you give them a set, you know? Or like when you allow them to, to, to create a bit, mm-hmm. you know? So that's one of the things. Do you consider like comedy more of a talent or like a performance? I mean, that's that's a great question. It's it's got to be both, honestly. But I don't know. There's some guys. Well, no, it has to be a performance. I was gonna say some guys don't really have to perform if they're talented. Um, I mean, at some point, you can just lean on you can just lean on one thing, but you're gonna need both. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to get better. And so, yeah, there has to be some natural talent for sure. Just like, you know, being LeBron James, he was he's naturally gifted. Yeah, you got to be a freak of nature mm-hmm. to be LeBron James. But then, yeah, you also got to work on performance and mm-hmm. stage presence is huge. Uh, it's a it's a much bigger factor than I thought initially. But then there were guys like uh, what's his name, Mitch Hedberg. You familiar mm-hmm. with him? Yeah. Yeah, like his he had no stage presence, but he kind of made it. He kind of owned it. But that was like so. Yeah. This is so it was I, like the not having it is what what is what it was. Have you seen um, the or uh, not the Illusionist, the Prestige? No. The movie. Well, it has um, a spoiler alert. This is not a spoiler from the movie, <laughs> really. But so there's a scene in the beginning where they are they're two struggling magici- magicians, right? They're trying to get their start. And this guy says, hey, I'll give you some stage time if you tell me how this guy does his trick. I want you to go down into Asian town, you know, and, and get this guy's trick. So they go and they look, and he does this, like, crazy thing where he, you know, he pulls a fishbowl out of nowhere, and it ha- it's full of water, and it's mm-hmm. this huge fishbowl. And they can't figure out, how do you do it? You know, I can't. Mm-hmm. And uh, they end up, they're watching him as he's leaving. And he like hobbles out to his, to his stagecoach and he rides off. And he says, this is the act. The old, him being an old man is the act. He's actually something different. It's just what sells the magic trick is that he's an old, decrepit man. Mm. So he pretends to be the old, decrepit man mm-hmm. so that he can do the magic trick on stage. Oh, yeah. And so it's like one of those things like the advanced level of performance is when you perform all the time. Or you, or you can perform without the other person knowing that you're performing. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have those bits mm-hmm. so deep. Like like half the time when Bill Burr's on Joe Rogan's podcast, I wonder is he in the middle of a bit? Yeah. Like has he actually worked this thing out to where he knows like he's hitting punchlines? You know. I think about that every time I listen to Theo Vaughn. Yeah, Theo Vaughn exactly. (laughs) That guy doesn't have an off switch. Yeah. It's like my cousin. (laughs) We had a guy who would just. Draw pictures of breasts and then yeah. we rent them every weekend. Like, no, you yeah, didn't. Yeah, no, and like then he keeps going with the story, and you're like, did, maybe a version of that story yeah. actually did happen, and he's just retold it yeah. so many times or that he he's just grew made up it in funny a, in a carnival town. He could have <laughs> grown up around because a lot of people get set on fire, and it's like sometimes they'll be saying something. I'm like, dude, that should have killed the guy. You know, like yeah. that's. But uh, it is an interesting way of like turning a tragedy into something to laugh at, really. You mm-hmm. know, like you can uh, really change minds with comedy. And uh, so that was one of the things. Let's see here. Does the okay? So is a performance. Um, turn it on or off. 
Some of the least, okay. Oh, okay. So do you think it's different than like a talent like singing? Yeah, I think um, I was going to say comedy is very similar to to magic in the sense that the audience participation is like the most important factor, mm. you know? So um, singing is obviously different because you can, you can be in a bar like this happened. Like, we went to Rounders last night um, and nobody cared, you know? So it's like with, if I was just up there singing, I mean, it wouldn't matter if the audience was listening or not, mm. but I'm up there being like, Hey, who's in a relationship? Y'all don't care. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, I'm not, not going to say it's harder. It's, it's harder in its own respects, and the fact that you need uh, multiple parties when you're singing, you just you can just go up there and Ooh, sing. Interesting. Like you have to get a ball rolling with mm-hmm. comedy. Yeah. And if there's no ball to roll, yeah. it's like hard you to need, do. It. You need energy. Yeah. And if there's not there, then you're just gonna have to talk to yourself. <laughs> yeah, which is part of the reason that you have to create the scene. Yeah. There absolutely. has to be people there to laugh. Mm-hmm. And so bringing these big guys are the. A more mainstream comic through Amarillo, mm-hmm. they have to know, okay, there's an audience there that's going to laugh at my jokes or else it's not really worth me giving my jokes away, yeah. you know? It's and interesting. then we're just in a lucky location because we're, uh, if you're traveling from Austin to Colorado, you know, you're a natural midpoint would be mm-hmm. here. So mm-hmm. it's like, we're just, we just happen to be in a great spot and sometimes the crowd isn't there, but you know, it's, we, we do the best we can. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're like a hub. Yeah, and like most comics, they don't mind. They understand. They're like, it's Amarillo. And then sometimes we just have killer crowds, so it kind of, it's up in there. Depends on what day of the week it is, you know, what people are doing. And it's interesting what some of the travelers' definition of the killer crowd is. Mm -hmm. Because it's not necessarily what you expect. Like, I went to Golden Light not too long ago, saw a badass musician, Riley Walker. Do you know who he is? No. Okay, see, you should, because he's badass, and he came through Amarillo. Um... But there was the crowd didn't really show up at Golden Light for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and I'm like sitting there amongst the sparseness, and it's like, dude, this is a badass set. You can tell that they're tight. They're tight as a band, like they're performance ready, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And they're just kind of it's almost like a practice set for them, mm-hmm. really. Like they're that's the time to fuck around and like try oh, new things, sure. or you know, like even with comedy, you know, it's yeah. sometimes where you're the freest is whenever you know. Okay, there's ten people here, but they want to be here. Yeah, you know? absolutely. That's it's like a cool, true. it's like a cool environment. But after the show, I went up to him and I was like, "Hey, man, uh, you got to come back to Amarillo. Don't let this like let this city drop you off mm-hmm. or drop off the map for you because we can get a crowd here. Mm-hmm. Like we can, like we can rally as a town and get a crowd big enough to support you being yeah. worth your stop." And he was like, "Dude, this is great. Mm-hmm. It's like this is a great set." It's so like the crowd was cool. Like I, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'll stop here again. This place was cool. You I know. Think, I think I tend to look at it that way as well, just because just because I'm from Amarillo. But then you talk to the guys who are coming through, and they're like, "No, we just we just came from Montana, where no one was there. It was the worst mm. place ever." And it's like, this is cool because people. I mean, we have we we usually have a small gathering if we do. I mean, you know, as opposed to <laughs> other places that might. What I'm trying to say is we're not the roughest, you know. We're yeah. probably in the top 15, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's well, worse places. And I, I think uh, it, it just takes a little bit of time in Amarillo, mm-hmm. like with anything really, to get like a ball rolling. Like we went to a – we were going to a book club at one point that has been – had a consistent like person carry it from person to person, you know. So it's been mm-hmm. active 
in Amarillo for like 68 years. Wow. Never heard of it, you know, until we like pop in one day, but it just meets at the public library and it's a cool group of people. And like, so it's like one of those things where the fire is lit. It just might be a candle and they Mm -hmm. might be keeping it in a closet so that the wind doesn't blow it out, you know? But the candle's lit here. And I think that's one of the things that's exciting. Candle's lit here. That should be on a billboard. Yeah, the candle is lit. Welcome to Amarillo. Candle's lit here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's funny because there's so many dive bars in Amarillo where there are literally just people sitting in there just to get lit, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) That's what we do for fun. The golden light from a candle lit in a closet. Oh. That's kind of crazy. Anyway, it is a cool place, but I'm I'm glad to see y'all doing the comedy and, and getting a scene started. One of the things, so you said you wanted to be a comic from mm-hmm. young? Yeah, from as young as I can remember. I just enjoyed making people laugh. Mm, like cutting up in class? That and just everywhere. <laughs> how how uh, formal was it for you? Because like, I'll say this, I enjoyed making people laugh. Mm-hmm. I couldn't count on it. You know, it wasn't something that I was like, okay, I'll be funny this time, mm-hmm. you know? So how early was, do you feel like you started thinking in terms of that? Like, I want to be on-demand funny, mm-hmm. which is a different kind. I don't know how old I was, but I just remember, like, if I could... When I was really young, I'd make my mom laugh, and I'd just ask her, like, mm-hmm. hey, what part of that was funny to you? Because I wanted to do it again. Like, yeah. Yeah. Timing, yeah. trying to, like, dial in the timing. Yeah. So that's so perfect, you know? And I wasn't even... Probably wasn't even thinking about stand-up. It just... I just wanted to keep making people laugh. I don't know. Because mm. <laughs> I remember in second grade, I wanted to be a comedian. But I don't even know like who I was watching in second grade. Oh. I'm thinking like, probably George Lopez, Chris Rock maybe. I'm not sure like who I even knew when I was eight. And like what was... Like if you had asked your eight-year-old self what stand-up was, he might not have been able to even say Chris Rock. or yeah. He might have just said, I want to be funny like... Mm-hmm. You know... Uh, SpongeBob. I, yeah, SpongeBob. <laughs> exactly. That's like that's what my kid. My kid's like two, two and a half. Mm-hmm. And whenever he thinks of being athletic, he thinks of the PJ masks. So anytime, almost anytime he takes off to run, he mm-hmm. says Catboy, and then takes off running because to him he associates fast with mm-hmm. Catboy. Okay, yeah. So maybe he would associate like funny with SpongeBob. Yeah. So every time he wants to make somebody laugh, he's like SpongeBob. <laughs> you know, which would be funny. He yeah, would get which would I, mean, I feel like it's not really fair. Like little kids are so egotistical mm-hmm. because their parents are always like anything Emmett does, even if it's not funny, mm-hmm. it's like funny just because it's a little yeah, thing that I saw exactly. squirming around exactly. in the crib, you know, mm-hmm. pooping and peeing all over itself without a hope of doing anything just, for itself. They just have so much life and energy. Yeah, it's so weird, man. It's, it's fun such for a, everyone. It is fun <laughs> for everyone. It, and I think that is one thing like, um, maybe it's, I don't know, it's it's interesting like comedy is trying to incite laughter mm-hmm. in somebody. Whenever some of the things that incite laughter are so spontaneous or like unconscious, like it's mm-hmm. it's almost interesting to try to like make something conscious that's so unconscious and then give it back to somebody, you know? It's like kind of a weird, almost like sociopathic in a way, you know? That's a good way to look at it, sociopathic. Yeah, definitely. Just, yeah, trying to get a response out of people. It's uh takes a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you chose the response to be laughter. Mm-hmm. There are some people who choose the response to be anger. Like, I just want to get anger out of people. Yeah. And they do it. Facebook. Facebook, dude. <laughs> Facebook. Alex Instagram. Jones. Yeah, Alex Jones, dude. 
Oh, interesting characters, man. And see, it's always interesting like to imagine how much of what you see of them is an act versus mm-hmm. a genuine person. Yeah. I think I think he probably started out as an act and then he like sucked himself into it. But he I just don't know. became it. Yeah, I think he became his character. I don't know because have you seen him on Rogan? Have you watched his episodes on? Yeah, Rogan? when he he's he was talking about he was only smoking weed to see how strong it become. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's like <laughs> drinking liquor and he's like just such like uh, just a which I really the one I watched I think Eddie Bravo is in on mm. and I really wish that those are two. In entirely too strong of personalities. Yeah, they shouldn't be in the same they room. They should not be in the same room with each other, you know? I think I would have enjoyed both podcasts with just the one-on-one, mm-hmm. you know, aspect. Because they, they're just too wild. How, yeah. how can you control somebody like that, you There's know? There's no way. There's no way, especially once you give them a little bit of weed and, yeah. and like, whiskey. Because they're, they're going to go to a weird place. And they're going to try <laughs> to take you with them. <laughs> I have to be careful about how much stuff like that I listen to, because mm-hmm. sometimes I can get convinced. I'm like the politicians are reptilians. Oh yeah, you know, Dude, the like Naboo. Earth? Yeah, I could I could easily get convinced on that. I've, lo- I've looked at it and I've been like, is this true? And then I had to, I had to get out of <laughs> yeah, it. Like, yeah, yeah. I almost talked yeah. myself into it. It's yeah, you got there's like date. Uh, I found that same thing with like YouTube channels and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like occasionally, I like following one. I'm like, this is the answer. This is all the answers. This per- and I just have to turn it off. I just have to yeah, instantly turn it off and say I'm never going down that that's road. That's the healthy thing, you to know. Do. Yeah, I'm not, I can't afford. I can't afford. I was it. going. I was going deep on Illuminati probably in oh. high school. Just hours of YouTube, and then at some point I was like, "There's, there's no way they're all doing it." You know, like <laughs> I wish. I wish that there was a super secret organization running things. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're that lucky. I'm sure there are, but like I don't think they're as powerful as we make them out to be, or know? as like intentional. Yeah. You know, like there's, there's no way they're that well organized. Yeah, we always <laughs> imagine like, oh yeah, no, they're they're executing some stuff. It's like, mm, I wish they were yeah. because we wouldn't even know they were there. Mm-hmm. You know, that maybe For that's sure. how it is. Maybe that is how it is. I don't know. That's always like the hope for superheroes. You know, you always hope that there is like. Somebody mm-hmm. behind the stage, like the, or the like Wizard one day you'll guy. wake up with abilities. Mm-hmm. That was always my dream. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's a dangerous rabbit hole to go down to. Like, do you would you have a superpower? If, if I had an option, yeah, of course. Like which, like which one though? Like, See, that's, that's only one, one though. See, like that's the thing is you can, almost can't even suggest your other options. You just gotta go with the one. I was going to say read people's minds, but then I'd, I'd hear some horrible things. Yeah, so you want to stay out of it. Yeah, I stay out of people's minds. I guess just, you know, uh, that movie Jumper. I'd do what that guy did. Oh. Be able to jump from place to place. Yeah, that's pretty dope. That's a... Is he one... So he's like pretty much like Nightshade from X-Men, right? Yeah. Like, without the That's pretty... Without the blue... Or he wasn't blue, right? In I think Jumper. he was blue. I thought... In Jumper. No, in Jumper, yeah. He was just a white man. White man, okay. Caucasian. Yeah, Caucasian. But, yeah, I don't know, man. That's a hard one. I think I'd go, like, super speed. Super speed would be cool. Yeah, I think that'd be a cool one. Mm-hmm. It makes things a lot more efficient, I feel like. Do you feel like you might, like, be too much, like, friction or something? You might your clothes off? Oh, yeah. So no, you have to have a super suit. Yeah, you'd have to have a But in suit. anything, you have to have a super suit. That's true. Like, even... I can't imagine... Like I can't reveal my... My true identity. But also, like you said, <laughs> what clothes can hold up to like the rigors of... Yeah. Right? I'm not a superhero, and I have holes in my shit all mm-hmm. the time. Yes. You know? Could you imagine if I was a, like LeBron James? Mm-hmm. Like imagine LeBron James walking around and doing all that shit in normal clothes. Dude, it, know, it'd right? fall off him by the end of a game. That's dude. what I'm saying. Like Incredible Hulk 
we should have seen his dong by now. You know what I mean? Yeah. We should have. There's no way. There's no way you kept your purple shorts on. I'm trying to... I don't know. I can't remember. For some reason, I feel like there was like a, a Hulk dong at some yeah, point. Like someone give him a bathrobe or something, man. I feel like there... <laughs> but I might be... I do remember the, the dong in Watchmen. Do you remember that one? Yeah. It yeah. just popped up out of nowhere. I was like, ah, yeah, they, damn. They always, they always sneak it in. <laughs> Hit you but, with the blue dong when you're yeah. not even expecting it. You know, it's terrible, dude. Oh, man. Let's jump back into these questions. So, um, so who you kind of answer a little bit of like, who's involved with Yellow City and mm-hmm. the shows. Um, is there a consist? Is there like you said? I became a member. Mm-hmm. What what's what's that mean? Membership. It just means like I uh, I help uh, book things and operate the Facebook and Instagram page. So it's uh, really just he just gave me access to it nice. to where I can post through it. Oh, really okay, that yeah, that's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. So um, with as far as members go, I mean, I I think it's just me and Skyler, maybe one other guy named Austin Eulen. Who uh, have access to that Facebook? Mm, nice. But um, I mean, technically, we have like, you know, about twenty local comedians. Some more consistent than others. Mm-hmm. But they uh, they could all say they were under the umbrella of Yellow City Comedy oh, yeah. if they wanted to. Well, that yeah, that's definitely. Yeah. I feel like uh, they'd all be under the umbrella for sure because it is something y'all are doing together. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, <clears throat> I imagine how many do y'all do per open mic night? Um, well, whiskey's our biggest one. I've I've got like new mics but we it's hard to get more than like six or seven people but uh yeah whiskey i think the most we've had is like 18 like on a good night we'll have about 15 15 like uh get up on stage yeah 15 get up on stage really yeah that's pretty impressive and whiskey rivers turn around like 100 percent. because i used to go on comedy open mic nights and i'd be the only guy there mm. i would just be talking to nobody you know and it was when i was really new so i was like shaking up there not like visibly but. yeah yeah just, <laughs> just like figuratively yeah, shook I could, I could feel my knees getting weak yeah <laughs> interesting yeah i bet dude i bet that's definitely anytime you get up in front of a group of people it's hard and then whenever the goal is to make them laugh yeah it's like a almost an unreal like unrealistic expectation like mm-hmm. you said the crowd has to show up they have mm-hmm. to be there ready to laugh mm-hmm. which uh i guess is kind of a learned technique as well like i feel like you kind of have to like like you were saying, the the magic act, it's part of, uh, you know, you go there wanting to be amazed. Yeah. So then you're amazed because you want to be. You go there to laugh, partially because you're there to laugh, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you're, that's the presence that you're bringing or whatever. So Definitely. Interesting. And so that's pretty cool. So it's a group of, the group of people that are doing the open mic, typically, that's interesting because it comes from the crowd. So like I I bet nobody gets up there first time. Does anybody get up there first time that they show up to one of these? Um, or do I they usually so. like hang around for a little bit? But most most would just hang around. But there's there's always a couple that have like you know it's been their first time there, and they just jump up. They just mm-hmm. dive in. Yeah. Does that uh, produce like longevity, or is it like more likely that they're gonna stick with it if they jump in like that? Uh, I think it all depends on the mindset because a lot of people will jump in and then. You know, we won't see them again for months. You want, uh, want to take a beer break? Yeah, sure. All right, we'll be we'll be right back. I may or may not play a song during this break, but I don't know that yet. And then uh, most of the time, I try to hit two hours, <laughs> at least an hour and a half. 
Because I feel like you don't really get anything good out of someone until you're an hour in. Oh, yeah, dude. Some, <laughs> it's, it's funny. I've been told... Um, I've never been told the middle. I've never been told you're spot on with how long your episodes are. Mm-hmm. I've been told they're way too long. You need to condense them down to 30 minutes. Don't do that. No. Yeah, they Probably. don't understand. Those people don't understand what the genre podcasting yeah. is. Um, but... <clears throat> Uh, then I've also had other people that say, "Why wow, you don't go near long enough. You need to go like three hours every time. It's like, dude, that's a long time. You know, mm-hmm. like th- it goes by quickly. Mm-hmm. But I think the, uh, the back end of it, you know, and even just like getting somebody to sit down with you. Yeah. I don't know if that's been a struggle for you or not to have like people. It's like, okay, we've scheduled this a week out. I've planned mm-hmm. my schedule around it. And then... Like six hours before you cancel. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the hell, dude? Yeah, that happens sometimes for sure. <laughs> it's like, dude, this has been a week of planning. Yeah. I haven't done anything else on this mm-hmm. podcast because I don't want to schedule other people, mm-hmm. you know? So I've had a whole week of dead air and you're supposed to be my, my air filler. Have you ever done like multiples in a week? Mm, I've done two in one day. Yeah, I did I've that. recorded I've two been doing in that recently. Day. I'm gonna stop doing that, dude. That's too much. It takes up your whole day. It's too much, and mentally, you can't be there for that for that long. I don't feel yeah. like. If I have two in one day, I usually I'll make one of them an hour. So yeah, just kind of. Yeah, I don't want to have two three hour podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> mm. One of the things I was gonna ask you about is a little bit about how you, how you chose to format your podcast or like how much uh, thought you've put into it. Because there, you have these different types of shows. Mm-hmm. Some shows, like a, like a serial or something like that, that's highly produced. Re- you can tell it's like, like spaced out. Per you know, it's uh, it's structured. The whole thing is structured. Then you have other ones that are just completely free form. Like Joe Rogan doesn't have any notes. Mm-hmm. I'm in the middle. I have like I try to write down some notes and try yeah. to like, you know, guy. But what what? How do you format yours? Or? Um, honestly, it's, and I formatted in an extremely lazy way. Mm. Um, I just saw Rogan's podcast. I was on Skyler's podcast before I started mine. Oh, nice. So he kind of took Joe Rogan's eye principles and did it that way. So I just kind of adopted the same thing. Yeah. Um, I'll take notes. Like if I don't really know the person, I always leave a notepad if they want to write anything. Sometimes it's, it's a distraction. Mm. It doesn't work in my favor, but, um, I'll go in with maybe like three just random questions. But I usually just, um, you know, I try to just steer in whatever direction feels fun, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. it usually works out. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's really difficult and it's something that I feel like I've only started like to become a student of, of actually um, directing a conversation mm-hmm. without dominating the conversation Yeah, while still allowing the conversation to be interesting Mm -hmm. so you can't have it too directed you know because nobody wants just boom 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 round off questions Mm -hmm. like that's a different style Mm -hmm. people want uh, a flowing conversation yeah and a lot of people i mean that's a difficult thing to achieve sometimes it happens naturally but Mm -hmm. to consistently invoke it is Mm -hmm. a very tricky i mean yeah consistently is hard especially if uh i mean it's easy when you know the people pretty well I'm going to have returning guests, and I'm like, oh, this guy's, he was great last time. It's going to be great again. Mm. And it's, we don't miss a beat. Yeah. But then there's other people, like I said, who were like, yeah, I'll do the podcast. What are you going to talk about? I always get that question. You probably get it too. And I'm mm-hmm. just, 
whatever you enjoy is what we're going to talk about. Whatever. Yeah. Because that was my, my goal was to just get people on that are inspired. People that are just like chasing, you know, something. People that are creative and just following their dreams, really. So that's one of the things that's that's pretty interesting because that's uh, largely was my motivation for starting, which is part of the reason that I don't have a point to my podcast. Like I don't have like a like a clearly defined sports or mm-hmm. you know this is because I didn't really have a point. Like mm-hmm. I was really just wanting more than anything. I was wanting other people to start podcasts because they were going to do it better than me. But they're not going to do it unless they get introduced to yeah. doing it. And then they will go off in their own direction. Like that's mm-hmm. what I feel like Rogan's podcast is. Is it's like a uh, um, – it's like the soil. And then these seeds pop in. And mm-hmm. some of them grow into beautiful conversations. Yeah. Some of them don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's also – then he's dropping seeds all over the place. So oh, a, a lot of people have started podcasting mm-hmm. and doing shows – because they see it as a viable thing based off of episodes they've heard with great people mm-hmm. on Joe Rogan's podcast. So it's kind of an interesting format, you yeah. know? But it's like, how do you explain that to somebody um, like an older gentleman or or gentlewoman? That's a good question. You know? Yeah. Like, they don't understand that there's not a point to it. Mm-hmm. But that's the point. Yeah. It's I like, mean, it's, the point is just free content mm-hmm. and a ton of it. And it's like... Joe Rogan has taken over what the late show used to be mm-hmm. for comedians. Like they don't care about going on the late show anymore. They want to go on Rogan's podcast. Oh, if you make it on Rogan's podcast, yeah. you're uh you're a big deal. That's guaranteed tens of millions, if not I don't know how many. A crazy number. <laughs> yeah. Oh but, yeah. Yeah, I mean you go on a Jimmy Kimmel or whatever whatever. Uh it's like maybe five million if they're watching at that time when you go up. Oh, dude, that's such a crazy number to yeah. talk like and then to it's, hear, you And know? then it's five it's minutes and it has to be a squeaky clean five minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's like I feel like some comics go up there, they don't even do their their good material because they're like, Oh, I gotta be family friendly and sell tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just put on the front. But Yeah. But yeah, that's the great thing, is it and it's kind of eliminated the need for uh for those type of interviews those type of setup rehearsed interviews because you know you're not getting the real person i forgot who said it it was someone on like twitter um it was a comedian he was just like the two biggest places to be or no the two things that move the culture right now are joe rogan's podcast and uh the breakfast club i don't know if you're familiar oh, yeah. with the breakfast club yeah but he was like the only way i'm familiar with them is through falling down like a freestyle rabbit hole. Mm. That's another thing that sometimes I get delusional about. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. I could do it if that, you know, or whatever. Yeah, I think everyone's no dreamed about being a rapper. Everybody point. dreams about <laughs> it. But so few people can truly like, but I, I watch, what is it, Sway in the Morning? Mm-hmm. He has that Five Fingers of Death. Oh, it's a, I watch that a lot. And then um, usually the next thing in the queue, if you watch somebody's... Um, Five Fingers of Death is their the Breakfast Club interview mm-hmm. that they did. Um, so I've watched a lot of rappers, mm-hmm. you know, through that, like follow them through that channel, you know. And the Breakfast Club is is basically it's I mean it's a radio show, but it's it's uncensored and unedited pretty much for the most part, even though it's probably forty five minutes mm. with each person that they have on there. But it's still like it's a it's a lot of fun just because uh, that dude Charlemagne, mm. he's just a character, and then I don't know people are. Really honest on there. Yeah, they've got a really interesting, like, seems like vibe in, like, uh, 
almost like a no bullshit vibe mm-hmm. that's kind of cool because you'll get called out. Yeah, definitely. If you're, <laughs> but you, but at the same time, you can be like your genuine self. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as you're being your genuine self, you're probably going to be welcome there. Which is interesting. One of the things that I guess to maybe segue. Was there anything else that we were talking about with that? So Rogan and uh, the Breakfast Club are the two biggest movers of yeah. you know social. Um, preconceptions maybe something Mm -hmm. like that um let's see to segue that um one of the things that i've written down here is like it's interesting because i've seen it with several different people that have like started to go down the comedy uh stand-up comedy trail right and it seems like the first thing they do is get formulaic they say okay i need to write out a formula I need to figure out how my jokes work. Mm-hmm. I need to figure out what I'm going to talk about, right? And they mm-hmm. start crafting these these formulas, mm-hmm. and they almost ignore their like their personality, you yeah, know? Definitely. And so like that's one of the things that I think is really interesting about uh, comedy is it can come through any vessel. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if it's a fat dude, if it's a skinny preppy looking white girl, mm-hmm. or or you know you can run a gamut of. Uh, uh, stereotypes, mm-hmm. all of them can be funny given Definitely. the right the right delivery. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what is, what is your opinion on that as far as formula versus like because a certain amount of stand up comedy is formulaic in the setup, right? Mm-hmm. We're gonna put a mic in your hand and put you on stage. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have a light. It's probably gonna be in a bar. You know, these are your scenario. What are you gonna do with that time? So it's a formula approach to mm-hmm. presenting comedy but mm-hmm. then that kind of like carries over into the presenter how they like start writing their jokes almost like formulaic mm-hmm. until it hits a point where they become such good writers that the formula disappears yeah. and it looks like them mm-hmm. you know um so i guess the question would be i don't know is there a question in there when you're when you're saying formula do you mean like putting on a character or just like being organized both okay so like uh part of it is i'm gonna set aside four hours a day to work on and write you know so Mm -hmm. part of it is like a structure to your day and how you think about comedy yeah but also like getting up on stage you Mm -hmm. know sometimes the the act of putting everything in a schedule makes you schedulized yeah you know i mean how you think i'm very down uh with scheduling, t- scheduling time to do it because I have just uh, my days very structured. So mm. I always set aside time aside, usually pretty late, like around 10 p.m., 11 p.m., till uh, I get tired, you know, mm. 12, p- 12 p.m., 1 a.m. Sometimes I'll like go to bed at 1 and I'll think of something really funny at 1 30. So I mm. get back up. But <laughs> yeah, I try to set aside the time. I don't always, you know, yeah. set time aside. I'm getting my words backwards. But yeah, I try to I try to sit down, you know, for at least an hour, and it's not necessarily an hour of writing. Sometimes it's just an hour of just sitting there thinking about things. But mm. you know, I always write down something, or things will just come to me. Like I'll be sitting at work, and I work in an office, so I have plenty of paper to write on. And then yeah, of course you gotta do the performance as well because you can write all day, but that doesn't mean you can deliver it the correct way. Yeah, it, it's almost like uh, talk is cheap. If you say you're working on comedy, but you're never actually putting your neck out and trying to be a comic, 
you're not working on your comedy because yeah. like putting your neck out is part of like you know the talk the talking about it's cheap mm-hmm. being it is you know you can only be it through like actually being it stepping out there which is interesting mm-hmm. because that means you have to step out there before you're ready to step out there absolutely yeah <laughs> like that's you part gotta, of becoming ready for it yeah like I, when I do new material I just go out and I say it and it's like I know it's not in it's final version this probably isn't going to work now but I, I know there's something there so I'm going to go out and I'm going to say it and it's going to bomb and then I'm going to I might say something on stage I might reword it in my brain mm-hmm. sometimes my brain will reword what I wrote down when I say it out loud, just automatically. But yeah, I mean, I'm gonna if I say it enough times, I'm gonna find a new route to take, and it's just gonna snowball into something. Usually, sometimes it's just a. I just think it's funny. No one else does. Mm. I'm like, oh, okay, I worked on that for three weeks. Never mind. Damn. <laughs> yeah, that's hard, you know, yeah. because you can't predict like yeah. really how something's gonna yeah. how something's gonna land. You can't predict mm. that. Like I have a I have a new joke. I've I've been trying to work on about uh, being circumcised. But I just, I don't know if it's going to work. I'm going to try think, it one more time. I think I heard that one <laughs> where you, I will re-circumcise myself. Is that the, the joke? No, that's a different one. Oh. But that one, that one <laughs> that's actually, just another one. that one does well. But yeah. The other one's just about, because there was a Kate Beckinsale. No one believes me when I say this. She posted on Instagram about getting a foreskin facial. Because in, I think it's in South Korea, they uh, they found a way to just like, um, clone the foreskins of babies and then they put it in a syringe and they shoot it in a celebrity's faces to get rid of wrinkles. So and it's such it's such an absurd real thing that I feel like I have to I have to make it funny. You know what yeah, I mean? Like it's, it, that can't just wait, exist and me not I'm make not, fun of it. I'm not entirely sure I understand. They, <laughs> just, they nobody clone, does. They clone the baby's foreskin. Yeah. <laughs> I know I sound like a psychopath right now, but this is a real thing. I don't understand it. I don't know how it works. I'm not a scientist. How do you know? This is my question. There's so much scientific shit to Mm -hmm. figure out, right? Who comes up with trying to figure out a way of cloning a baby's foreskin Mm -hmm. and, and and then thinking, oh... The practical application for this is injecting it into somebody's face. You know, like that's like, oh, man, people from the future are going to look back on this time and be like, they were like, you know how we look back on like medieval times Mm -hmm. and we're like, how did they live? How did they live like that? People in like not even that long, maybe five years are going to look back and be like, how did they live like that? They were injecting baby foreskins into into their foreheads. Yep. Foreskins into foreheads. Mm-hmm. Male foreskins into women's foreheads. Mm-hmm. Kate Beckinsale had this done? Yes. She posted on Instagram and then she <laughs> took it down like immediately after. Yes, she did. Like, that's probably a bad idea. A terrible idea. I think they were, That's. it just makes me wonder, you know, like, did they have a bunch of foreskins and they're like, we need something to do with this? Or like, I don't know. I don't know how that what, comes up. Was, uh, was it supply that created the product or product that created the supply you know you never yeah. know well i always wonder like what they do with like things in surgery after they remove mm. them you know like is there just a a trash foreskin bin you know i don't know man i feel <laughs> and this might be like a pop culture thing that's incorrect but i feel like they burn it mm. i feel like like all biohazardous stuff like that the most sophisticated way that we humans have come up with destroying something is like meh Throw it in the fire. Yeah. Which has been the exact same thing for like thousands and thousands of years. That's how Mexicans get rid of trash. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you want to get rid of something? 
Yeah, throw it in the fire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's been the answer. That's been the answer that a father has given his son for like ten thousand years. Throw it in the fire. Probably the most beneficial thing that civilization has given to us is the ability to throw something into the fire, even if it's a little baby foreskin. Mm-hmm. But maybe Profound. we were, maybe we needed them foreskins though. Maybe yeah. maybe some old wrinkly foreheads needed them foreskins. I was thinking it would be like stem cells, you know, because like, mm. they get that from. Fetuses. I, I, mean, I don't think they need it from fetuses anymore. They can get it from the umbilical cord. They can get oh, it from okay. the uh, from the uh, placenta. Mm. That's a high source of them is the placenta. See, that was my thought process. I was like, well, the foreskin is probably somehow related to that. So that's it that's super something. weird. It doesn't make any sense. Why well, that would be the same as saying a baby's finger, right? I mean, is, yeah. is a foreskin any different skin? Well, I was like, thinking it seems like, like the same skin. Because they always say softer than a baby's bottom. So you assume Ooh. the bottom is the softest. So baby. obviously the front side of the bottom. Ooh, yeah, okay. Baby uh, dicks. I can see that. I mean, I will say this from having a little kid uh, recently. Mm-hmm. The whole thing was soft. They're like anything you touch an earlobe is the softest mm-hmm. earlobe you've ever touched. Little nose, softest little nose. Makes sense. So I, I think the whole baby is soft. I don't yeah. think that just the foreskin. Like that doesn't. It's it's like soft as a baby's bottom could be synonymous with soft as a baby's like forehead. It's mm-hmm. like all soft. Elbow, it's yeah. just like a it's a little spongy mm-hmm. like uh, epidermis, dude. Like <laughs> you know, it's a it's a. It's like you look at the most bitter old person mm-hmm. that just smoked all these cigarettes and you're like, some at one point, they were like this spongy little epidermis mm-hmm. that could go any direction with their life, you know? Yeah. What's crazy to me is like the when a baby's born, their skull isn't like all little... All oh, dude, that, it's weird, that man. That blew my mind. It's soft. Yeah. Their head, it has to be soft to not kill the mother. I guess isn't that's that a good crazy, point. Yeah. dude? That is like crazy. our heads are so big. <laughs> That it could kill the mom because the baby is so smart. That's the mm-hmm. weirdest thing. You're never smarter than the day you're born. Is that like uh, like your IQ is the same thing? Like I don't a, know exactly. As a child as an adult, I don't exactly know if there. I'm sure that there's probably some science behind this. But like Emmett is the smartest individual in my household. The two and a half year old. He's mm. he's learning more words. Like, he's learning the amount of words per minute that he's learning at the age of, like, two and a half. Mm-hmm. It, you're never learning that many words again in the rest of your life. Yeah. He's like, boom, like a word an hour. And right now is the best time for him to learn multiple languages. Oh, I yeah. saw you had Spanish on Oh, French, yeah. Yeah, so. my, wife, my wife's going to school for to be a linguist. And that's what all of the scientific research shows. That baby sponges, our brains are literally sponges for language. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting with comedy, right? And all these different things. Kids are just soaking up everything mm-hmm. that they see. They're, they're learning at a rate that we can't comprehend mm-hmm. being adults. Mm-hmm. You know, they see, they see things you don't even think to see. Yeah, they don't have work in the morning, you know? No, dude. <laughs> they don't have work ever, dude. Their little brains, it's literally trying to corral a two and a half year old it's impossible Mm -hmm. it's impossible they do what they want and they know how to get anything that they want you know and granted Emmett's like a super chill kid like he's actually really good kid in a lot of ways but um but whenever he decides like for instance he only poops right now in diapers Mm -hmm. he's potty trained other than that pees in the toilet all the time but anytime he has to poop he runs gets a diaper (laughs) Hands it to my wife, says, diaper. 
I need this, right? You know, that's, you that's put funny. it on him, and then he leaves. <laughs> he disappears into a corner. You don't see him again, right? And then he comes back, and he pretends like nothing happened. That's funny. Like, we're not going to know. He, like, walks back in the room like, hey, I got this car. Isn't this cool? It's like, Emmett, did you poop? No. No, I didn't poop. It's like, dude, you're wearing a, your diaper. I can see the poop in your diaper. He's just straight up like, no. But anyway, all that's digression to say that my wife is the only one that's allowed to change his diapers now. Up until then, if we were, if I was home, I probably changed all the diapers because mm-hmm. I have a portion of the time when I'm not home. So mm-hmm. I try to change the diapers when I'm home. So Shannon definitely changed way more diapers. But there was a little while where we were kind of neck and neck. I was mm-hmm. changing diapers. She was changing. Now it's only mama, right? Mm-hmm. And it is only mama. Like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna try to change that diaper, it's a fight. He won't let you. Dude, he's karate chopping, he's <laughs> kicking, he's throwing a fit, he's screaming, Mama, ah, you know, just freaking out. You know, <laughs> two and a half years old. I'm like, this kid has more power than I do. Because wow. that's how I want to react sometimes. Mm-hmm. There are times where I want to throw a fit mm-hmm. and literally just like, you know, if Shannon suggests, which I I'm pretty submissive as far as like places to eat. But if I really want to go one place and she really wants to go another place, I wish I could throw a fit like Emmett's allowed. Oh, yeah. Like, he's allowed to throw a fit, dude. He's, like, (laughs) stomping, yelling, screaming. And then it's like, okay, okay, okay. You know? Like, geez, you don't have to. God, you know? That's some power, dude. Like, two and a half year old. He's smart. He knows he's the cutest person in the room. Oh, dude, he is the cutest. (laughs) That's That's the hardest part is it's, like, half the time. I'm not sure. I actually have not felt anger. In one way, shape, or form towards him. That's even, beautiful. Even whenever he's like throwing the largest fit, there's an aspect of me that's like, that's me throwing that fit. You know? <laughs> that's a little me throwing that fit. That's like, got to be a cool feeling. That's adorable. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost like you can vicariously project yourself. Mm-hmm. Or, I guess vicariously might mean project yourself. Whew. All that to say, it's dude. All good. We know. I got, know I got, a little, got a little digression there. But... Let's hop back in here. I've got several. Let's see here. So I've always admired comedy. I've been mm. an admirer of comedy, never a participant of comedy. But um, it's because I like the laugh. I like to laugh. Mm-hmm. I like whenever a comic is funny. But half the time, I find myself not like actually laughing. Mm-hmm. But I think they're funny. It's no, a weird thing, sure. you know. Like yeah. I'm watching a comic, and I'm like. Oh, that's really funny, but I'm not watching them to laugh anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm almost like more watching the performance yeah. aspect. Sometimes of, you're just in awe. Yeah, it's kind of like observing. Yeah, and you see what they're doing yeah. almost, and it's like I can't believe. It's like, uh, do you ever find that discouraging? That uh, that feeling of not laughing at comics. Uh, well, the feeling of observing brilliance. Discouraging. I mean, yeah, I could always feel that in a certain sense just when you see someone go up and they're they're killers already and they're two years in they're like mm-hmm. you know i just see people go up and they're like oh this is my first time and they're just amazing mm-hmm. or just yeah i mean but i feel like there's enough room for everyone so i just got to keep working at it you know but yeah i'll get those feelings of doubt and it's just like uh, will i ever be that good mm-hmm. but i mean i won't know unless i try so so like uh I, I play guitar, and so I I started watching people play guitar, because mm-hmm. that's a good way of getting better at guitar. Yeah. But so, like, now my Instagram has it 
filtered to where I just see these guitarists, these like Instagram famous guitarists. And so like I'll watch these videos of them and it's almost discouraging because Mm -hmm. they're so damn good that it's like if they're this good, then nobody would ever want to see what I'm doing. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's like a weird deal. I wondered if that like carried over into comedy. Yeah, that happens. And that's just, I mean, that's the easy excuse for everyone because, I mean, no one was great at something until they did it for a long time and sucked ass at it. So, yeah, I mean, that's just the the thought process. You just kind of got to ignore or push down because I feel like a lot of people get that and then they're like, oh, well, who wants to listen to my podcast? No one exactly. cares. No one, no one wants to hear what I have to say. Or you- there's already so many comedians. Why would I do stand-up? Or the, it's a sensitive environment. I can't. I can't be myself because it's too. Everyone's too sensitive. Like no, you're just not funny. Like it's, <laughs> that's what it comes down to. And there's an aspect of like looking for the uh, excuse. Yeah. If you look for the excuse, the excuse will be there. It's always there. Yeah. yeah. But you have to almost like. Uh, so I've I've noticed this is a little bit of a segue, but it kind of fits with Joe Rogan. And I was wondering if you've experienced the same thing, of like uh, trying to better yourself. To better the product that you're going to emit. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's like uh, something you're feeling or like a message that you've recently... Because I saw that you posted Own the Day by Aubrey Marcus mm-hmm. on maybe it was an Instagram story, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, it was. And it's it's interesting because you can tell a lot about somebody based off of not only the books that they read, but the books that they post about that they read. Mm-hmm. Because you're trying to tell somebody else that mm-hmm. you're reading that book. So that says like why you're reading the book mm-hmm. in a certain in a certain extent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I always notice that like because uh, my wife, <clears throat> we we have like we like books, but we always buy the cheaper books. Mm-hmm. So I see a, an assortment, and she's in college, so she's oh, damn. I gotta go turn that off. So she's Is in college. Loud? Do what? Is it does it pick up on you? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And it's funny. See, I heard it pretty uh-huh. loud like whenever it kicked on, but, <laughs> but she um. Oh, where was I at? Oh, so she's been... She has to, like... When she takes a class, she has to buy, like, a chunk of books. Mm-hmm. She'll have to buy, like, six books. And well, she we keeps have, them all? Yeah. Yeah, we oh. keep them all. And and they're all... Well, you know, some of them are, like, Brave New World or, like, 1984. Oh, you know, really? like, stuff like that. But it's books that we read in high school that mm-hmm. she's now restudying in college, getting a new perspective. And That's legit. So it's funny because, like, I find myself anytime somebody posts books that mm-hmm. they're getting rid of or that they're reading i always like looking at the covers because i'm like i bet i've seen some of those covers you know mm-hmm. and uh so anyway aubrey marcus i was cued into that and so whenever i saw that i'm gonna go turn that off um we'll come back to that question but okay. while i'm gone if you want to throw some plugs at, right. at the people um, I'll plug some things. It shouldn't take me too long. It might. It'd probably be the perfect amount of time for some plugs. Actually. All right, let's do some plugs. So, uh, like Yellow City Comedy on Facebook, of course. Um, we do have an Instagram as well. Yellow City Comedy, all the upcoming shows that we're doing. Um, let me think of some shows coming up. We're gonna do Cactus Bar, March fourth. Um, a lot of open mics coming up. Just uh, follow me on Instagram at real underscore Clemente. Um, I'm Clemente's Corner on Twitter. Matt Viegas on Facebook. Where does the Clemente come from? That's just my first name. When I was oh. when I was in high school, I was thinking like if I ever have a late show, 
I would call it Clemente's Corner because mm. it has a nice ring to it. And then podcast came about. Are you like, aware of Klein's Corner? No. That's the first thing I thought of. So being into rock climbing, I was driven into New Mexico before it was cool to be in New Mexico. And is it cool to be in New Mexico? It is cool to be in New Mexico. No, I didn't, I wasn't it's going to become increasingly <laughs> more cool. Like, dude, Santa Fe is like the new San Francisco. I, I seriously feel like. Is that where they have that like Meow Wolf thing? Okay. Mm, is that yeah. oh, somewhere in New Mexico? Hell yeah, dude. Have you been to Meow Wolf? No, everyone keeps telling me about oh, it. Oh, it's dope, dude. It's amazing what they did with literally an old abandoned um, bowling alley is what the building mm. was. It's their number one attraction in New Mexico. Meow Wolf. Really? Mm-hmm. And it's super cool. Like, I want to go back without my kid. Mm-hmm. The problem is I went with my kid. Well, we've gone with my kid each time. And mm-hmm. a two-and-a-half-year-old, there's, like, actually a mystery that is there. So you, like, and it's deep. Like, you have to, like, like, there's computers, and you can literally click through all the files. And you really? can get, like, super deep. Like, the story goes really deep into the art projects. So everything has a deeper, deeper level. They have like videos that if you actually sat and watched them, you'd have to watch them like four or five times to get what's happening or get the clue from mm, it. It's okay. super cool. It's really interactive. So maybe don't take psychedelics when I go. That's a... It depends on what the point. <laughs> it depends on what the point of it is. If you're just like wanting to like walk around and have a good old time, maybe. Um, if you're if you're looking to solve a mm-hmm. mystery, I think you're gonna need all hands on deck. That's dead, intriguing. It's, it's deep. It's like an escape room mm-hmm. for hippies. I still haven't been inside an escape room, but that's cool. That's yeah, a cool way to yeah. put it. Escape yeah. room for hippies. And it's super cool. They host uh, shows there as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they have bands play. Yeah. Some pretty big bands actually, uh, and it's a smaller venue, so it'd be a really cool place to see a band. I was actually told there's a really uh, cool comedy festival in Santa Fe. I don't remember when it was, but anyway. <laughs> If you were to go to Santa Fe from Amarillo, you would drive through Klein's Corner. Mm-hmm. That's like the turn to go north. Is that to go to a, Santa is the Fe. name of a city? It's no, it's the name of a gas station, dude. Like, no oh, joke. Nice. It's Klein's Corner, and there is only—I don't even know where the people live that work the gas station. Mm. I mean, it's like nothing, you know. But it's Klein's Corner, and you see all these signs like for miles going up to it, but. There's some rock climbing mm. in, in New Mexico. And also, big shout out to Ojo Caliente. Oh my gosh, dude. Hot Springs. Have you ever been to some like dope hot springs? I, I this is Hippie Central, dude. I'm, what I'm telling you about right now, like when you're there, a lot of guys that I know, a lot, like 90% of Amarillo would be like, Pff. like when they walk in, mm. they'd be, that would be the reaction, like a little poof and a head nod, you know, like. Mm hippies and this is all malarkey and bullshit you know (laughs) like iron pools but dude give it a chance what i used to do is they don't allow glass bottles in there but we would go so l l i don't know if you care about this or not but this is just a quick digression um el rito is this like sport climbing place up there so we Mm. would go up there sport climb camp out for a couple of days no showers like I'm in. Literally, <laughs> the hardest. Like the you can exert yourself mm. as hard as you want to. Like I've, uh, I would I considered myself a rock climber, and I couldn't climb half the stuff there. I mean, it's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's maximum effort. Nice. Uh, you do that for a couple of days. You know, you're eating trail mix and you're living in a tent, and then you go to Old Caliente. It's these hot springs. 
And dude. What is a hot spring? It's like a natural. So I guess the magma comes up close enough to the Earth's crust to heat these water, these underground aquifers. Mm -hmm. And it boils the water and causes it to go up through the soil. And then it comes out at different places, mm-hmm. and you have hot springs. You also have cold springs. You know mm-hmm. those are those are raised through a different sort of pressure. But you have hot springs. They're raised because they're boiling water. Do they do they check the temperature before you jump in? Oh, there? dude, they have on the board. They have uh, this like scrolling thing that tells you the temperature. Oh, okay, it's like this pool's seventy eight degrees. I'd be scared to cook myself. This pool, dude, no joke, hundred and nine <laughs> degrees, hundred and twelve degrees, nah. like hot. And then they have, dude. It's just it. It's close to heaven on earth, dude. It's a beautiful place. They got mm-hmm. mud baths. I've never really done that, just because I'm trying to get clean, not mm-hmm. necessarily more dirty at that point. Yeah. You know, whenever I got there, we we went there for. I feel a, like it might be clean mud. I don't know. It. it I guess it is technically <laughs> antibacterial mud or some shit. But oh, anyway, snap. you go through Klein's Corner to get mm-hmm. there as well. So all that to say, whenever I first saw. Clemente's Corner. Mm-hmm. The first thing I thought was Klein's Corner. I'm gonna go is, spray paint their sign. Yeah. Ooh. I don't that need might, competition. That might be a good picture, actually. I'm gonna be like, who did this? <laughs> you, didn't hear, my... <laughs> you didn't hear it here. You didn't hear it here. Take That's my funny. podcast off so they can't find me. Dude, you'd probably would get millions of views being on one of those. Think about how many truck drivers drive down I drive down up and down I forty mm-hmm. every day, dude. There's like something like forty thousand trucks go through Amarillo every day. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I do have a truck driver who listens to my stuff. Really? Yeah, but he's also a comedian. He's been on my podcast a couple times. Oh, nice. He's always like, well, haven't you uploaded yet? You know. So So do you stockpile your episodes? I have been now. I used to not, but now I'm trying to like space them out because I've done the last two Sundays. I did two, both Sundays. So um, I was supposed to drop one yesterday, but I got busy with the show we had. Mm. So I'm going to drop it tonight and then I'm going to drop another one Sunday. I'm trying to give time in between each episode because I don't want one to overflood the other. Because I don't yeah. know what this what my strategy should be. I don't know if I should keep spacing them out or if I record two in one day, drop them both. I don't know. As just, soon as you figure that just out, winging it. let me know because <laughs> okay. I think there's a lot of people who'd like to know that. I mean, there are. it seems like it depends on the audience you're going for. Yeah. Because for me personally, I don't get any response instantly when I post something. Mm-hmm. But then I'll talk to somebody and they'll say... Hey, I listened to that podcast you did with yeah. blank, and uh, it's like, oh, well, that literally was a, a year ago, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But that's like them sampling my podcast; they're getting something that might be a year old. So mm-hmm. it's it's hard to tell the impact of a scheduled release. Mm-hmm. Whenever it doesn't matter, it didn't matter if I released that episode a week later or a week earlier. Yeah, probably the same number of people would have. Would have heard it, or more people mm-hmm. will hear it. Regardless, I, you know, I think you'd honestly be surprised at how many people listen to it because I always get approached. Not always, not like a big deal, but <laughs> people I don't even know will approach you and be like, "Hey, I listen to your podcast." Mm. It's like I didn't know you even listen to podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's cool. Um, do you know who Gary Vaynerchuk is? Yeah, I do. Okay, because I was big on that guy for a while. I mean, I still follow him and everything, but uh, his his thing is just like push content. Like every day, like he was t- he was doing an interview with uh, rappers Nipsey Hussle, and he was telling him like, if I were you, if I was a rapper right now, I'd drop a song a day for a year straight. And I was just like, wow, that mm. this dude's crazy. But like that's kind of the mentality 
I kind of want to go at it with. Mm. That's why. I like, well, I mean, I started... if you think about it, at the end of a year, you have 365 songs. Yeah. Like and that's you flooded the market really. If you know? you're like familiar with Russ, I think he dropped a song a week for a year straight. I like that dude a lot just because he made it. He I did don't that. Know all. if I'm aware of. He did it all off of hard work. He's just like a an independent rapper. Oh, nice. He came to Amarillo and like the whole town went crazy. Oh, oh, was he the one that like posted on his Instagram or something that his tour bus was yeah. coming through and people like found his tour bus? Yeah, they chased. That's crazy. They I've heard that story. I heard yeah. that story. I didn't know that that's who it was about, mm-hmm. but I've heard the story about it happening. But yeah, that's got. He's like. Never really like signed to. A, I mean, he might be signed to a label. I don't know all the details. I just know he's for the most part independent, and mm. he just did it all just hustling hard on SoundCloud. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, I mean, that seems to be more and more like even like the local musicians that I like keep tabs on. It seems like um, the ones that are posting to SoundCloud or Bandcamp on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. It's it's easier for me to uh, set aside a day to go see them perform. Mm-hmm. If I've heard these samples and I'm like, okay, like I see that this kid is doing some work. Mm-hmm. It's sounding good. I enjoy what I'm hearing. I would like to see him do something live. And it gives you enough of a sample beforehand to like sure. encourage you to get out there, you know? Yeah, definitely. Which is interesting. And seeing like I feel like for uh, comedy, like that was the thing is I watched probably – what would that have been? Probably close to like 25 minutes of your comedy off of your YouTube channel. That's awesome. Thank you very much. I mean, man. it's cool. You know, like it, that's a cool uh, resource to mm-hmm. have out there. Because if you didn't start that YouTube channel, how long ago did you start it? Um, Probably close to a year ago. Okay. So if you hadn't started that, I would have gone to look into you mm-hmm. and there wouldn't have been anything there for me to see. That's true. In a in opposite, now there's a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. There's something for me to see. Mm-hmm. More likely that I'm going to go to a Yellow City comedy event because now I've actually seen one of the Yellow City comics. Oh, you know, It's interesting. It's a cool – It's a. it is an interesting time. And like you said, pushing content, mm-hmm. it does make sense that that's a good way of generating more of an audience. Yeah, especially with the podcast. I think it's uh, just to go for it. That's why I don't really organize it just – just try to be myself because that's what I love about podcasts. Is uh, I listen to a lot of stand-up co- comedians like Joey Diaz. Oh yeah, uh, Burt Crusher, um, Theo Vaughn, Chris D'Elia, and they're just, they're just going up there and they're just being themselves, and that's what's that's what I enjoy. So it's like I'm just trying to emulate that. And it's almost like the more themselves that they are, mm-hmm. the more fun it is to watch. Yeah, and even if uh, you don't necessarily like their stand-up, like. Uh, I'm just, I just love like Bert, Bert Crusher. I just love like him as a person. Mm. Like he's just, if if he didn't do stand up, I'd still listen to his podcast because he's just, he's just a fun guy to listen to. Well, and I almost feel that way. Now, granted, I love Joe Rogan's stand up. Mm. I think it's good, but it's not what he's going to be known for. Yeah. It, what he's going to be known for is his podcast, which mm. it, it shows a different aspect of him. Yeah. It's, you know. The stand-up is still him, mm-hmm. but the podcast is a different aspect of him yeah. that um, he might be better at mm-hmm. than he was. But whenever he was a twenty-year-old kid, podcasting wasn't a thing, so you can't, you know, you can't um, strive to be a podcaster. Mm-hmm. Whereas my kid already knows what a podcast is. 
He mm-hmm. walks in and he sees the mic, yeah. and he'll like talk into the mic and he'll say, "I want to do a podcast." Put the headphones on and stuff. Yeah, as a little kid, he's already been introduced to that. That is crazy. Like what what these kids are gonna grow up with? Because uh, I have a little cousin who like sells slime, and she puts slime videos on Instagram. Like she's a little entrepreneur and she's like eleven years old. She doesn't even realize it. But That's just... the saddest part is whenever I hear a story like that. I can instantly see how she's more marketable than I am. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I don't know man. anything about this eleven-year-old girl selling yeah. slime, but I instantly think, "Oh shit, that's gold!" No, these... Like I've turned into that like sleazy <laughs> talent agent. You know, that's like these the kids got it. <laughs> these kids on YouTube are, are doing incredible things. It's crazy. It's actually funny. My buddy's uh, my buddy's daughter. He has like a like a twelve-year-old daughter, and he started coming up to the station. And he's like. Dude, she's getting good. Like, she asked for a camera for Christmas. And we got it for her kind of as a joke. Mm-hmm. But she's, like, really good. Like, she makes, like, badass videos. She's got a YouTube account. <laughs> she's insane. doing all this stuff, you it's know? Insane. It's crazy. Like, I, I, I don't even know what I was doing at 13, you know? I was... I don't know. Nothing productive. Nothing productive. (laughs) I mean, completely unproductive, actually. It was probably anti-productive. Like, I'm still trying to heal wounds that I, like, inflicted upon myself whenever I was 13. I used to come home from uh, school, and I was by myself from, like, 3.30 until my parents and sister got home at, like, 5.30. And I would just watch MTV and VH1. Oh, yeah. I I used to do that every morning before school. Now my, like video music video knowledge is through the roof i know bands songs that i didn't even like but it was just because i had this ritual of watching mtv like mm-hmm. just imagine if i was watching like neil degrasse tyson or yeah, even that's... listening to joe rogan i mean imagine if yeah. my ritual whenever i was 10 years old was coming home starting youtube with joe rogan whoever mm-hmm. he had on Mm-hmm. you know and like watching that I mean it would yeah. have been a completely different perspective of the world you know that's true you get a lot of knowledge from podcasts I mean I guess depending on which ones you listen to but mm-hmm. definitely Rogan's like I've learned about nutrition like I never thought I would and just politics um, I don't know you see a lot you learn a lot see a lot of different perspectives it's it's pretty cool well and like broad, a certain amount of that that broadening of the horizon goes into something like comedy or podcasting mm-hmm. you have to have a girth like you have like in order for you to be relevant to any audience you have to have a certain amount of knowledge mm-hmm. that is applicable to a large audience yeah which is hard to get especially in today when there's so much out there mm-hmm. definitely you know Definitely. Sometimes you got to uh, dumb it down. It's not the right word. Broaden it to 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 reach the audience. Because sometimes you you say something that's like you know trendy online, but not everyone is mm. on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. So yeah, you gotta sometimes it, you gotta find ways to work. I guess reading the room is really what it's about Ooh. on how specific you need to be on certain subjects and how and defining the room. Yeah, that's is, a hard thing because like Facebook. I'm assured, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the assurances are true, that Facebook is dead. Because I get zero response on Facebook, you know? So it's like totally dead. No one's on there. It's like people people are like tell me that they're like they're like, Yeah, Facebook's dead. It's like I'm pretty sure that shit's still pretty popular and I'm not getting shit on Facebook, you know? Like No, man, I don't get I don't get shit on Facebook either. Yeah, it's like it's discouraging. Like whenever you think 
you think of it as a, uh, as a, uh, I wouldn't say beacon. Beacon might not be, not necessarily be the word, but something mm-hmm. to tell you you're on the right path. Yeah. You know, like, are people liking the podcast? Mm-hmm. I bet it's the same with you as it is with me that more people have come up to me in person and told me that they like the podcast mm-hmm. than have come to me on Facebook and said they like the podcast. Yeah. Is that true for definitely. you? I don't, the numbers don't do too high on Facebook and especially with the podcast. Like, I don't know. I think it's just maybe the platform of Facebook or the way things get buried. Mm. Like, um, cause people are just scrolling through. So they don't really, they just see a still picture. Oh, he has a new episode. Yeah. Kind of Whatever. boring. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like videos. I get I've gotten decent views with videos, but yeah, the podcast. I don't know. But I've also been told that um, when you link something to Facebook, Facebook buries it because it's taking traffic away from them. Oh shit! Yeah, so. Facebook. That's deep. That's mean. That's what I was told. I oh, shit. That makes perfect sense. I don't know if that's completely accurate. If I were to think like a computer, which I sometimes I wish I did, that is what <laughs> I would do. That is what I would do. That's yeah. the exact play I would make. Cause, and cause so, they don't want to move traffic away from their site. They don't. So like, Why would you want to do that? Yeah. Why would you want to? Because then you decrease your advertising mm-hmm. by losing somebody. Damn. Ooh. That might change the way that I, that I post to Facebook. But I don't know how else you would post, you know? Because Pete, you have to have that link. Yeah. If you don't have that link, people, you you don't and, even have the chance. Unless you do like a Facebook Live, which Facebook Live is also discouraging. Because I, I've done <laughs> Facebook Live before. It's like, hey, it's two people and it's awkward. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude. Oh, uh, it's it's so funny. There's sometimes whenever I look at that and I'm like, there is zero people. I know. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not that many people who care about me. Yeah. But if you do care about me, you're probably following me on Facebook. And of that refined portion of the population that have actually gone the second step and said, I care about you a little bit, of that portion, zero people care. I know that there's a bunch of motherfuckers on Instagram right now. No, they're all like, eh. Like, that's the the face I imagine, like, everybody making. It's like, eh, whoop. You know, like skipping it, which yeah. I skip them, you know? I yeah, mean, I mean, sometimes you just don't like the If topic. someone's on Facebook Live and I click on it, I'll wait and see. Like, I'll wait like 10 seconds. And I'm like, I'm the only one here. We don't even really talk to each other. We don't even know each other. We're just Facebook friends. So I didn't mean to click on this. Oh, dude, it's like an awkward social engagement. Yeah, it's like, like you it's walked almost... in on them taking a shit or something. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's interesting. It's almost... It's almost, uh, you, you almost like require a certain amount of ambiguity to tune in. Mm. So like a Theo Vaughn, if Theo Vaughn posts an Instagram live, I'm like, dude, there's millions of people watching this. Yeah. I don't give a shit if I click in. He's not going to notice me. Mm. But if you think, wow, this person might only have like two people yeah. and I might be one of these people, it might look creepy. Mm-hmm. Is it going to look creepy if I pop up in this person's yeah. like, live And feed? then if you pop out too soon, you're a dick. Because it's like, oh, Ooh. I saw them when they left. <laughs> Dexter, you son oh, of a bitch. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's so much social, like, equity that goes into these, like, arbitrary, uh, like, uh, digital interactions, mm-hmm. you know, that I do think that there is, like, uh, one of the things my wife said, she's like, I'm a ghost on Facebook. Like, I just scroll through. I don't ever like anybody's stuff. And I'm like, how many people... That you actually like their posts, that you didn't click like, didn't get that like affirmation mm-hmm. of you like saying like, "Hey, cool, sh- cool shit," you know, mm-hmm. like, 
sometimes I'll I'll see a buddy from like uh, high school or like early or like you know like early twenties that I haven't talked to in like ten years, and I'm like he posted some shit and it's like dude, bam, hit a like. You at least yeah, see that sure. Dexter and acknowledged your shit. Got to support the homies. You yeah, know? you got to support <laughs> the homies. And then like to hear my wife, she's like, yeah, I don't, I don't like anything. I don't, I don't, you know. But she's a ghost, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who are like that. For sure. On Facebook, that will even click through your link. Mm-hmm. That will look at your shit. Maybe even like your shit. Mm-hmm. Then they'll go back to Facebook and not even click like. It's interesting. People do that. Yeah, I've, I've had people be like, "Oh, you're so funny on Twitter." It's like you never favored anything. I've, <laughs> yeah. You haven't favored anything I've said ever. Either you're lying, <laughs> or you're an asshole, and neither of them do I like. I don't like either of those. That's hilarious, dude. Oh man, yeah, that's that's funny. You tell a lot about somebody based off of your social or your like uh, social media presence, which is kind of like a weird, strange, strange well. thing. Well, sometimes, because I feel like, you know, some people could just be putting on fronts. But, yeah, I mean, I guess either way it's revealing. You got to give people a window into your life. Well, there's there's people that are really talented. I mean, it's a form of presentation. Just mm-hmm. like, uh, fuck, I was never good at, uh, what's it called? The, uh, uh, not Excel, PowerPoint, you mm-hmm. know? But there was always that kid in class that just got PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. And, it, sure. and you like you'd see him, and you'd be like, "That asshole set the bar too high," you know, because he's talented to that shit. But there's people that were good at PowerPoint, mm-hmm. and there are people that are good at Instagram that are have a good eye that can craft an image yeah. and like can put it all together. I don't understand how people take amazing photos. Every time I take a photo, it looks horrible. I know, me too. Me too. My <laughs> wife tells me I'm the worst photographer ever. She's like, yeah, and she won't even works. hesitate. She'll say ever. She says like. You cannot take a good picture to save your life, and she's probably not gonna do. I have an iPhone Seven, which I think is pretty. That's probably not new anymore. But I thought it was new. You mm-hmm. know, I thought it was high tech. All my photos are grainy as shit. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I know. I don't know. It's like, it's do like, I gotta press it differently? <laughs> the commercial shows I just touch a button. It's badass. They don't tell you who's holding that damn phone. It's like no. a Gunnar Wadowski. Yeah, a Gunnar Wadowski is holding the phone, and he's like, "All right, film." I'm about to take a picture of this shit. The camera's going to do everything right, and it's going to make these people think that they can take a good picture. Whenever there's, It's weird that something weird. as simple as pushing a button is more complex than pushing a button. Yeah, definitely. you got to get lighting. Um, other words, I don't know. Aperture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the rule <laughs> of thirds I've heard quite often thrown out there. You've got to like set up your frame and... Um, dial in all that shit. It's crazy, man. I and the, you know everybody has different talents, um, but that is definitely not one of my talents. So it is. It's kind of one of those things that's hard whenever you have a platform like Instagram mm-hmm. and you're trying to figure out how do I make this tool, which is like a floppy fish in my hand, um, stand up straight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like very difficult to figure that that out. Mm-hmm. You know. But I guess there's a there's a formula. Maybe you do a formula for stuff you're not good at like that. Yeah, you just gotta try everything. I guess that's what I'm trying to do. Just do things I suck at. Eventually, I'll suck less. Mm, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. One of the I I mentioned it to one of my friends the other day because they came out and they were like, "Wow, you sound mildly decent on the guitar. Like that's cool." And it's like, well, I've been trying to be mildly decent for about ten years now. So hopefully I'm sounding like moderately decent. And then those people will say, 
well, I've always wanted to learn to play the guitar. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, if you start now, by the time you're 50, Mm -hmm. you'll be playing for 20 years. Yeah. You know? Like, if you think about that, at 50, you'll be really good, but Mm -hmm. you have to suck at 30. You know, you have to suck when you start. And that's the thing that nobody wants to do, suck. I've caught myself saying that, too. People that say, I've always wanted to play guitar, they're lying. Because if you always want to play guitar, you'd be playing guitar. Good what point. is stopping you yeah. from owning? They're twenty bucks at Walmart. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they're not twenty. But well, have you seen uh, what is that movie with? Uh, it's it has Jack White, um, the dude, the Edge, and ah uh, oh shit, who's the other guitarist in it? I feel like an asshole. Uh, I want to say Jimmy Page, but I don't think it was Jimmy Page. But all three of them, it might get loud. Is the name of the documentary? Have you seen that? No, I haven't. Sounds cool though. You need to see I'm that. Down. So it, the opening scene is it starts off with Jack White, and he's at this like old, you know, nineteen twenties shack. You know, mm-hmm. like one of the shack looking houses, and he like walks up to a two by four, and he puts a nail in one side, a nail in the other, like the other end, and then he nails down a pickup, and then he takes a string. And he puts the string between the two nails, and then he takes a Coke bottle, a glass Coke bottle, and he slides it under there, and then he plugs it in, plugs the pickup in, into an amp, and he goes, you know, and he's sliding that glass bottle up and down it. And, and that's real. That's not like yeah, yeah, it's, it's digitally the, enhanced. It's the right opening there. scene, you know, the opening scene, and yeah. he says, see, you don't need anything to play guitar. Wow. And that's like the opening scene of the documentary. And it goes in because they're all three. They have such different styles of playing mm-hmm. guitar. And it kind of goes into each of their philosophies in playing the same instrument. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And that's what's interesting is they all three have the same, essentially, the same guitar, the mm-hmm. same instrument. But they all make these radically different sounds and radic- for radically different yeah. reasons. You know? It's the same thing as what the difference between what... You know, we do with our phone and what Gunnar Wadowski does with his phone. You exactly. Know? <laughs> yeah. It's it's a floppy fish yeah. versus a uh, Excalibur like sword, you know, like one person can take the floppy fish and make a million dollars. The other person just has like a rotting dead fish. Yeah, you fish. Know? But it, it it's kind of wild, man. It's a wild time to be alive and sometimes it's discouraging. Mm-hmm. Um while it is encouraging. That's the weird thing. It's like I'll have people come up and say Wow, you're really encouraging me. Like I'm, I'm inspired by what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, you obviously haven't listened to the show. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like you wouldn't be saying that to me if you listened. You know, maybe you've seen what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and you know, it's just an interesting. Yeah. Uh, that's I mean a little bit of a joke, but it's kind of <laughs> like one of those things. Like you know, um, people see inspiration in what they choose to see inspiration. That's in, true. You know, I think people are just. Uh, attracted to the fact that you're doing something you know because mm. most people aren't aren't taking chances Ooh, i think yeah. that's probably it yeah like it's, it's that... not even if it's the quality of it it's just the fact that you're doing it mm-hmm. that's that's more important to people because and i think a certain amount of it re- like comes in self-realization that you know i know that i've looked at stuff that i've done and thought wow only an idiot would post this. But at the same time, it's like, well, I'm an idiot. 
<laughs> and I've got a pussy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, that's me. That's yeah, me too. It, it's like one of those hard things, like where you have to you have to make this jump of, um, and each person has to do it. So like John yeah. Mayer, there was a time where he's like, I'm gonna get on stage and I'm gonna sound like an idiot playing this guitar. Yeah, but he had to get on stage and be that idiot. Mm-hmm. Granted, he was probably like 12 or something. I don't know. He was uh, probably pretty young when he got started. But he had to get started. You know, mm-hmm. everybody has to feel that rejection at the beginning. Nobody wants it, you know? Yeah. And it's, it, it is one of those things that's hard. And I think it's, uh, maybe it's a millennial problem or something, you know? But to, to get over the disappointment of life mm-hmm. that you are a nobody, yeah. you know? It's like, uh, I feel like I've seen it. It's a trope in every work of art. Mm-hmm. Like, get over being a nobody. Yeah. That's like the first step. But it's 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 reassuring at the same time to know that you're a nobody. Because that means that person you look up to and idolize was also a nobody. Mm-hmm. So it's, what's stopping you, you know? Yeah. That's one of the things I've thought. I think I've said it a couple of times on the podcast. But um, nobody's anybody in Amarillo. And that's one of the hardest parts about being in Amarillo is that you're guaranteed to be a nobody. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think I mentioned the story, but there was a an act at the 806, a girl who was coming through Amarillo, and uh, some friends were telling me about it, and they, they said that they were there, and they were watching the show, and half the people in the 806 did not give a shit about mm-hmm. this girl. They were on their phones, they're not paying attention, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. And then a week later, she's selling out 6,000 person venue in really? LA. I mean, she's big time. She That's is awesome. she is somebody. Yeah. Like like that Riley Walker that I was talking about that came through Amarillo, he just released an, a cover album of mm-hmm. Dave Matthews band. Yeah. Of uh, the summer his, his is called The Lily White Sessions. But it's a cover of Dave Matthews album and mm-hmm. Dave Matthews listened to it, reposted it, said that Riley Walker's the shit, uh, had him do a show, like all this stuff. This guy was in Amarillo playing the Golden Light. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew it. He's a nobody in Amarillo. Yeah. He's a somebody in the world, but he's For still sure. a nobody in Amarillo, you know, yeah. which mean, is sad. You know? Something like that just happened at Leftwoods. There's a guy named Jake Flores. Um, you can look him up. He's he's kind of just gone viral. But uh, he, he made an ice joke on Twitter, and he has a big Twitter following. He was making jokes about ice, mm. and then ice like raided his house the next day, and uh, so now it's kind of like helped his comedy career because of uh, just that happening. Yeah. So yeah, he's op- he's gonna be opening up for Pat and Oswalt. Um, I'm pretty sure he's been invited to the Rogan podcast as well, but he was just uh, at Leftwoods probably three weeks ago, and there were maybe ten people. Yeah. <laughs> it's like these people have no idea how, yeah. how big this guy's about to be. Yeah, it's so interesting, and like you have to be plugged into the underworld. Mm-hmm. To even know that it's a person, mm-hmm. and like, how can how can you like get that across to somebody who's not in the underworld? Like, there there is there's a probably a portion of the listeners of this podcast that would say, "Who gives a shit about being on Rogan? Yeah. They don't even know that Ro- they don't even know that Rogan is it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like too far behind. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah." So it is kind of interesting because, like, the way you explained it was like he's about to be something real yeah. big, you know, like all, and you you hit these things. Well, you have to be looking at those things. To yeah, even you know. have to know about comedy. You have to know about Pat Oswalt, mm-hmm. which a lot of people probably Ex- don't know about him either. Exactly. Yeah, it's like a, there's a depth mm-hmm. of uh, significance almost, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's hard because 
on one aspect, you got to be critical of Amarillo and say, what the hell are you people doing? You know, <laughs> like, that's why so many of us want to move out that have grown up in this area. It's like, yeah. we got to get out of here. And then you realize if all the cool people leave, then mm-hmm. there'll be no cool people to tell the uncool people that there are cool people coming. Yeah. You know? A, I feel a responsibility right now just uh, being one of the leaders. I put up quotation marks yeah. for the listeners. <laughs> being one of the leaders of like the comedy scene. Because I don't want to leave it and it die. Right. So I feel a responsibility to like keep it going, keep it moving, as growing as much as possible. Well, see, and and that's what I think is interesting is like this uh, uh, fabric of reciprocity that it bu- like it builds. Because what is good for you is what is good for Yellow City Comedy, mm-hmm. and what's good for Yellow City Comedy is comics blowing up out of Yellow City Comedy. So of the 20 people, the 20 open micers that show up occasionally, the best thing for you is if any one of them blew up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's the best thing for the whole scene. So it's yeah. it's an interesting environment that it says like, look, my success is partially dependent on our success. Absolutely. You know? and yeah. And you, I don't know, maybe you can get that in LA or these bigger cities, but I think like... That's one of the things of the frontier that remained behind mm-hmm. was my success is dependent upon my neighbor's success, you know? Mm-hmm. And even like podcasts in Amarillo. Like if <clears throat> if it got out, wow, Amarillo is kind of a hotbed for podcasts. It's like, okay, does that benefit me or does that hurt me? Like does you doing good on your podcast benefit me or hurt me? Mm-hmm. It doesn't hurt me. Because there's how many ears yeah. that can be listening to how Absolutely. many podcasts, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there, it's a it's a abundance, mm-hmm. you know? So it's kind of interesting, and it, ha- it depends on how you, like you said earlier, uh, winning the room over. Yeah. Like, what is the room that you're playing to, and what does it mean to mm-hmm. win it over, you know? It's kind of a weird, weird world, yeah. I mean, a strange crossroads that we yeah. live in. And there's a, a billion podcasts, and I'm sure there's a hundred new podcasts daily, and it's super fragmented, but I I think there's a niche audience for everybody. Mm-hmm. You just got to find it. Well, as there should be. That's mm-hmm. one of the things I would say is I feel like it would be very beneficial to the human race if there was hundreds of new podcasts every day. Yeah. You know? Like that's a good, that's a good sign. Absolutely. It, it's not even like a, it doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah. It's, it's much less toxic than social media. Exactly. So. <laughs> it's way less toxic. Be, and and it allows people to like come together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's an opportunity. What's interesting is it seems like a lot of the things of the old media are ways to divide people. That's Whereas very true. The new media it's giving people an opportunity to come together versus an opportunity to be more divided. You That's know? very well worded. And old media pushes. The controversy, mm-hmm. the, the fraction, yeah. the the division. Whereas, like, uh, I know, I feel like for my community, definitely for your community, for our community, the more people that come together, that's actually what makes the community something. So Absolutely. it behooves me a lot more to be putting out positive vibes mm-hmm. than negative vibes, you know? Like, yeah. it's a weird deal. Definitely, definitely. I don't even know how to put out negative vibes, you know? <laughs> 
I'm oh, just... I've seen some of your comedy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm happy when I'm saying it. Oh, so. yeah. Well, no, I think I, I feel like that's uh, how you can tell um, a developed culture is that it can be made fun of. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one of the things that it actually... I really liked hearing that the firemen went to your to the show and got made fun of and actually thought that was really funny. Like, they thought that that was funny enough that they told it into the little information bomb that I got brought, you know? Like, it made the cut. It's good to hear. Them getting made fun of, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's interesting. Yeah. It's like, oh, we got made fun of, and it was hilarious, you know? <laughs> like, that makes the cut. Like, it's yeah. uh, it just made me happy... Not only that they were getting made fun of, but also that um, it sounded like the audience wasn't uh, there to be offended. Mm-hmm. And which the media is one of the things the media says is everybody's trying to get offended. We're in the social justice outrage mm-hmm. culture. Everybody's offended. Everybody. But then you act actually like meet real people. Yeah. And it's like, well, maybe we don't live in so much of an. Like, yeah, maybe people can take a joke, you know. I, I think uh, a big issue with the everyone being offended, I think they're doing it for clout, you know, they're mm, doing it for likes, yeah, they're doing it for attention. You're not really upset that upset that Kevin Hart tweeted something in 2003, like, you know what I mean? Like, who's <laughs> digging, dude? Who has time to dig like That's that? That's a good you know? question. It's like, no shit, idea. dude, just let it go, man. My my wife was laughing the other day because she, she's she went through all of the office, mm-hmm. all of park and rec, you know, having a kid, being a mom, having like a little kid, you spend mm-hmm. a lot of time just chilling, like with not shit to do. I mean, I watch both of those shows multiple times with no kids. So yeah. I can relate. And she's having one like in her <laughs> lap, you know I mean? So she's multi, she's multiple watch the office, mm-hmm. multiple watch. So she's always looking for like new shows to get into. Mm-hmm. Well, 30 rock popped up. Somebody yeah. was like, Hey, you got to watch this. So she started watching it. And she was laughing because there's a scene where Tina Fey approaches this, like, kind of slutty receptionist or secretary or something Mm -hmm. who doesn't wear a bra. She's, like, smoking hot, like, model, you know, L.A. model, Mm -hmm. super hot. And she comes walking through, and every time it's, like, a a slutty, you know, she's kind of dressed slutty with, you know, boobs flopping around Mm -hmm. or whatever. And there's a scene where Tina Fey sits her down and says, if you're ever going to be taken serious as a woman... You need to wear a bra, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's so interesting because there's this huge like anti-bra movement for feminism <laughs> and all this stuff. Yeah. And it's like, where's that meme popping up of like mm-hmm. her sitting down and saying, "Listen, bitch, wear yeah. a bra," you know? That is interesting. There's a with the, the whole feminist movement because it's like I've seen women talk about support sex workers, but then at the same time, it's like, don't, um, you know judge us or what's what's the word i'm looking for don't sexualize us oh yeah yeah it's like but support sex workers like what do you mean that's a shoot well then like it's like the oh shannon my wife and i were just talking about this before she left but it's like with the kardashians Mm -hmm. it's like they're ultra sexualized yeah like you cannot look at one of those women and think not think wow they look like they're meant to have sex with Mm -hmm. you know like that's how they project themselves but then all these women get behind them Mm-hmm. And then those are the same time they're giving us this uh, don't you yeah. know it's like wait a second what what are we gonna support here like yeah like because there there are a lot of you know a lot of women who are like pointing that out or whatever yeah. you know and but, about like don't slut shame you know and it's like it's there's too many contradictions there's too yeah. many contradicting 
<laughs> things going up. <laughs> it was a tough situation, man. It, it's just so weird, you know. And then like having to be careful with stereotypes and mm-hmm. you know all that stuff. It's like golly, man. I don't. It's a. It, it gets a little exhausting yeah. if you're constantly worried about offending people. Yeah. But I think that's one of the things that's nice about. Um, well, that's that was one of the things that I really liked about Joe Rogan was that I got offended. Mm-hmm. That was part of the the filter. Is like he throws out enough offensive stuff in every direction to where every single person there's probably not a single listener that listens to all of his content and isn't offended about anything. Mm-hmm. Everybody's offended about something. Yeah. But it's it's the pushing through that offense that allows for like my growth, like me as for a sure. person. For sure. The way I grow is by you offending mm-hmm. me and then me pushing through that offense. For sure. You know, yeah. finding yeah. myself on the other side of saying, oh, damn, he doesn't know what the hell he's saying. Yeah. It's the same way nobody knows what the hell they're saying. They're just being a person, dude. And mm-hmm. we are dumb, you know, as people. The yeah. smartest person is an idiot. You know, definitely, and, and something. Yeah, dude. I mean, in something. Like yeah. they've got to be an idiot in something. They've got to embarrass themselves at yeah. least once a like, day. Albert Einstein couldn't play basketball. Oh know? no, <laughs> dude! Are you kidding me? There they was probably hope. so much shit that Albert was bad at. You know, <laughs> and like probably having a conversation for one of them, dude. Yeah. You know, I mean, like being that smart. I mean, it'd be crippling in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. Um, for I sure. Feel like, but, yeah. dude, we're at an hour and fifty-five. And I'm not sure. I had a. I looked it up one time because I had an episode that was a little too long that I had to trim down mm-hmm. because I couldn't post it through my service. Oh, there's a limit on Squarespace. I feel like there's a limit on Squarespace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like we're approaching that limit. Okay. And I've got a couple of questions left for you. So let's do it. First question is how do you define success? Oh, I think about that every day. Um, to me, success is just. Being happy uh, when I wake up in the morning. Loving what I do. Mm. I don't care how much money I make, really. I mean, as long as I'm not starving. As long as I have the lights on. And that's success to me. Nice. Nice. Just being happy with how your day is gonna fall. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, that is big, man. That's uh, that's one of those things that I've learned as I've grown older. is less and less dependent upon the circumstances... Um, that society places on you and more and more on the society or the situation you view yourself in. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're waking up and you're going to your job and you're thinking, shit, I could be doing yeah. this. I could be doing this. Mm-hmm. Versus if you wake up and you think, damn, I got a job to go to. Yeah. That's cool. Like you ready. know? Yeah, yeah I get to day. see Randy at the coffee machine or I get to see whoever. You know, you like, you got these people that you say, oh, I get to do that today. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, that is a good way of defining success. I hadn't really thought of it that way, you know? But it's interesting. Mine for a little while was my watching my kid pee on the fence. We were in the potty training period, and so we just had him mm-hmm. running around butt naked outside. Mm-hmm. And I pee, it's on a good f- way to train. I pee on the fence. And so he like wants Often. to do with that. I mean, any chance I get, honestly. <laughs> I prefer to pee outside. More it's natural. like a weird thing. It's a it's a natural thing, but it's also kind of like a relaxing mm-hmm. thing, and I think it helps with allergies. I heard um, a friend of mine just got back from the army. Pooping outside is actually way better, way easier. Oh yeah, more beneficial. That's one of my rules. Whenever I was like laying down, my rules for finding my my mate, my spouse, was that she had to be able to take a shit in the woods. 
Mm. Because you can tell a lot about a woman if she can shit in the woods. Did you test it out before you married? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. We she's so she's first date. Um, (laughs) I might have told her about that. Why are we going to the forest? Yeah. No, it was it was pretty early on. We went. So she's she's an athlete. Like she's probably a better natural athlete uh, than I am. Mm -hmm. You know, just like she's naturally just you know uh, more. Has a, maybe a higher aptitude. Is that the right word for it? Yeah. But so anyway, pretty early on to dating, we went to the climbing gym and she could climb. Dude, she could do like nine pull-ups the first time I took her in there. And she was like college party stage. Were you jealous? You know? A little jealous. Yeah. I mean, it was, dude, not a lot of chicks can do pull-ups. It is, so, it is impressive to see so she do could like she could bust out some pull-ups and she was like, she uh, affectionately... Uh, calls it her fat stage, you know. She was college partying mm-hmm. or whatever, drinking some beer. So she uh, was in her fat stage, and she could still do all those pull-ups. So then she got super fit, and you know she was a good, she was a crusher, you know. And so we would go climbing, um, just because that's what I did, and that's what she started doing with me. And uh, yeah, so she had no problem shit in the woods, man. It was like it wasn't even like a. There was like no argument or even like discussion about it. She was just like, "Hey, I gotta take a shit," and I was like, "Here's a shovel." And she was like, "All right." See, initially that sounds gross. But when you describe it, it's kind of like attractive. Now, like I need, oh, to, yeah. I need to find me a woman who. It means versatile, dude. Yeah. It means versatile. It means we're broke down on the side of the road, yeah. and instead of you holding your shit in mm-hmm. for six hours, you can tromp around the corner, take yeah. a shit, and and we're ready to mosey, dude. Yeah. One of the things whenever I was this is a little this is definitely a digression, but whenever I was in <laughs> high school, one of the things I decided was that I wanted to weigh somebody's worthfulness on if we were in a zombie apocalypse. So if that's, I was with, so like one of the things I was actually started I became attracted to this girl at one point. In class, and I looked over, and the reason I became attracted to she her, she had a chainsaw. No, oh. her shoes were tied tight. All these other bitches—they're wearing toms, they're wearing flip flops. Were you a Boy Scout? No, no, okay. I wasn't a Boy Scout. <laughs> but I saw it, and I was like, in the event of an emergency, mm. she has a pretty good chance of not f- flopping out of a shoe. Yeah. You know, like let's say some hot shit started falling out of the sky. She's making it a few steps further. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? For sure. She's got some shoes that are tied tight, yeah. you know? And it was kind of attractive to me. So I, that's one of the things I started thinking, like, weighing somebody's worthiness based mm-hmm. off of, okay, zombie apocalypse happens right now. Which way are we going? You know? Which way? Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the things that popped up to me that I wanted in a spouse mm-hmm. was the ability to shit anywhere. Because you never know when you're going to be on the run, you know? Yeah. And... I've had to take a shit pretty bad sometimes, and it can cloud your judgment, That's which can true. which can lead to death. You know, yeah. you got to be willing to drop a deuce anywhere because mm-hmm. that only, shit can only run so far. The shit backs up. You know, yeah, it becomes a health risk. So it doesn't want to wait. Yeah. So yeah, definitely run that by any girl that you I you will, start yeah. dating. I mean, it's because it's a it's a very important thing. You know, and yeah. then whenever you uh, have kids. If, if that's what you want to do, they take shits everywhere. So so it enters your life. Shit everywhere. Shit everywhere. Enters your life at some point. You just got to make sure you got something that's ready for that, you know? Mm-hmm. Ready to ready for it to enter. That's so, the key to success. Yeah. So second question is, I like to close the podcast out with a um, song. So do you have a song that you want to throw out there? Just any song? Any song. Um... 
You can throw out like maybe like a long term jam, short term jam, something you're feeling, a local artist, somebody, uh, you know. I mean, it could just be like the thing that like pops into your head. Uh, a song I jammed to a lot recently. Have you heard of Leon Bridges? Yes, I have heard of Leon Bridges. It's called uh, If It Feels Good. If It Feels Good. Yeah. That's That song's in my head all the time. All right. Makes me happy. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, I have I feel like I've seen a Tiny Desk concert. Are you into those? Yeah, I love those. I've, I'm pretty sure I've seen a Tiny Brisk con- uh, Desk concert with Leon Bridges, which will be the link in the app uh, or in the uh, description. I already had you throw out some plugs, so I'll just have your name to a link to probably your Instagram. And then I'll have like some other links in the in the podcast to get people to where they can find Yellow City Comedy events, your events, um, open mics, man. Maybe awesome, maybe yeah. there was some uh, some new Amarillo open micers Hopefully, inspired yeah. in this audience. I know some funny people listen to this shit. We so. get we get new people all the time. So yeah, that's awesome, and th- and that keeps it fresh. That keeps yeah. it keeps y'all guessing too. New so. ideas, gotta have new them, perspectives, gotta have them new people. So anyway, man, thank you for giving me. Two hours and three minutes, man. That's, yeah, thanks for having me over. This is awesome. Time. Yeah, dude. I, I'm, I dig it. So uh, anyway, people, this is Leon Bridges. If it feels good, thank you for listening. And until next time, peace. Live from the funk, it's hotter than Texas. Right from the jump, yeah, you got my attention. You give me that soul, and it's such a blessing. You and I get the light, alone in this heaven. Oh, baby, oh, baby. Say you will, say you might. If this is wrong, then nothing's right. Tonight looks good on you Hey, this serious We don't have to act so seriously Like nobody's watching Only us Baby, if it feels good Then it must be bad How much I want you Baby, if it feels good Then it must be bad How much I want you more than I choose to I'm falling in love huh? In love I ain't used to You give me that stuff No, I can't refuse you You and I in the light It's alright, yeah Oh, baby, oh, baby Say you will, say you might If this is wrong, then nothing's right Oh, baby, oh, baby See yourself like I Like nobody's watching, only us Baby, if it feels good, then it must be bad How much I want you Baby, if it feels good, then it must be